Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Feels like work. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? <laughs> I think everybody could read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. <laughs> Mrs. Bub, if you want, I can mail you the bub timer. Yeah, Newcastle. Especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? <laughs> no, I have not had it in the can. <laughs> Notice I closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good afternoon, everybody. Live from Rabbit's Foot Meadery in Sunnyvale, California. Today, the Brewing Network studios have hit the road once again. This place is pretty cool, I gotta say, man. What a nice setup that Mike has here for us. And uh, it's our second mead show. So we're going to be covering mead and cider. Cider. You know, we'll get into that later. And I'll, I'll explain. And brag it, right? Which uh, that word's going to get tough at the end of the show. Let's face it. <laughs> I mean, a uh, couple more of these cisers, and we'll be saying maggot, and you know, you know what else? Yeah, it's going to get ugly. JP, you be careful today. I'm trying, man. It's hard to do, but I'm trying. I don't know how that's going to go. I'm running a little slow already. <laughs> I think he's being naked in the Shadillac when he comes on the way home. Could be. I'm going to streak in the back seat. <laughs> we all crammed into the Shadillac to get here today. Yeah. Uh, it's still pretty hot outside, but we had a nice cozy ride. Four of us squeezing into a nice bench seat in the back. And uh, I made a grave mistake on, for today's show, guys. It was... Well, what we have here is a lot of high-alcohol meads, uh, ciders, uh, braggots to taste today. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so horrible that you just don't want to keep drinking it. Well, they're really good. Oh, my God, yeah. They're So far, I mean, I've only had a couple, and, man, I loved this stuff on the first show when Mike brought it down, and now we've got uh, different sizers on tap. Uh, Braggot, which I didn't know I was a fan of, I'm a huge fan <laughs> of. Well, but here's the mistake I made. Uh-oh. I've only had a bagel today, and I had it about six hours ago. I didn't eat like an idiot. I didn't yeah. have lunch. I didn't. Uh, I didn't put a, a as Daniela would say, a Grundlage in my stomach. A little foundation before we get yeah. to drinking. And so even if I go moderately today, I'm pretty sure I could end up being drunk of the week. Like we got to be careful. 
Really? Nice. You got to be careful. As long as it's, uh, Sounds like we're fine. As long as yeah. Stephanie doesn't call in, you're good. Yeah, that might be fine. Yeah, really? Yeah, that's right. Stephanie, last week... Uh, oh, she came at the finish line. She chopped oh. you off at the knees, man. Oh, wow. She came in yeah. strong. She oh. cut you even shorter. I got a I got a, a message from Sully the next day just going, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was about it. But... She could. Uh, luckily, there's no telephone. So really, Drunk of the Week is going to be in this room because we can't take phone calls today. You can join us in the chat room, as always. Uh, no Bevo today. No. Nope. She's an idiot because she, she, is an idiot. she thought I said we have no internet. But why would we go do a remote here on a Sunday with, with no, no Bevo. without internet? Because then we can't even broadcast. So she thought I said that and then made plans. And so no Bevo. You got JP, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? Huh? <laughs> I mean, I don't do Sam, but... Uh, but no. you're probably good. But you're I probably could, yeah. You worked on it. Yeah. So JP... Sam? <laughs> not sure. JP and the Lazy Boy over there. Mike oh, got man. him out a Lazy Boy so he can Dude. just chill and do the chat room with you guys. I'm going to be sawing logs here in about an hour. <laughs> that's why we kept uh, Shat out of it, because he's such a narcoleptic <laughs> that if he would be in that Lazy Boy for a second, he'd be produce nothing. Right out. He'd produce snores. <laughs> What he would produce? <laughs> oh yeah, you look at him one minute and the next minute he's out. He's got a full glass of beer in his hand. Yeah, he never spills it. No, he doesn't. No, <laughs> but he does fall asleep a lot. I think now he's got a girlfriend like that too that goes right to sleep on the couch. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there was a new young lady oh. over the house yesterday, and uh, they were both passed and out on the is, couch. This is one that comes through the front door. This is a different kind of lady. Yeah, right? she doesn't even have to sneak. She's <laughs> yeah. a real lady. I mean, I think lady said <laughs> it all. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Th- this is yeah. one that you can uh, you can say, okay, I have a guest coming over. Not hey, when's everyone going to sleep? Because uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so JP is in the chat room, though. Just hit the chat now button, as always, and he'll take your questions and pass them along to us. Uh, today, a big focus is going to be Braggots. And because uh, we did cover uh, Mead really thoroughly last time we had Mike on the show in the studios. So it's going to kind of be an advanced Mead slash Braggot show is what we're doing. And Mike's all prepared for that. If uh, you've never made Mead before, it's cool. Hang out with us, take in the information, and then refer back to the Mead show. If you just go to our search page where the archives are, punch in Mead. The only show that comes up is Mike's show, and we cover everything Mead there. And I think we had a pretty good time doing it, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, he was sitting next to me, kept pouring me and pouring. Yeah. I don't remember the end of that show. That's weird. I wonder how many shows that's like for you, Doc. Uh, last week, and <laughs> it's like, do they ever end? All I remember is beginnings. <laughs> Every show's. A be- I've been meaning to talk to you about that, Justin. Do you guys why? Why do we never end anything? I think it'd be more profitable and marketable if we ended the show. I listen to a lot of other shows, and they end the shows. <laughs> <laughs> You got bring- a signal that could give me that we're done? <laughs> that we're just let me know. Kick me in the head on your way out. You have to bring some of this home to your wife today, oh, don't you? Oh, yeah. Was I, that your past today? You, uh, I'm happy with you doing I, the show, Doc, if you bring something back? Actually, she was good with it, and I said, we're doing a mead show, and her eyes perked up. and I said, Okay. Oh. You should have brought her, man. You should have got a sitter and brought that fine woman down here. <laughs> in this room, I'm sorry. No. Yeah, that's probably a lot of true. mead, a lot of braggart, a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes, dudes. <laughs> and a drunk wife. Nice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Perfect. Yeah, good for you guys. It's like a recipe to me. 
<laughs> in the Shadillac. Yeah, absolutely. All right, rabbitsfootmeadery.com. You can go check it out right there, rabbitsfootmeadery.com. And I'll mention just a couple other websites real quick. There are resources that you can refer to later. Um, and we talked about them on the first Mead Show. Uh, honeywine.com and gotmead.com. So if you don't really know anything about Mead and Sicer and Braggots, uh, you can kind of look around the Rabbit's Foot website. They'll tell you what it is. Uh, you can look around those other websites, too. And maybe you'll have some questions and want to make it. I will say, if you listen back to the other show, I was never interested in making mead or really even drinking mead until Mike came down with all his stuff for that first show, and I just loved every bit of it. He does a good job. He takes it a bit farther. He's more like a, he has more of that home brewer, let's go crazy with this yeah. stuff kind of an attitude uh, than any mead I'd ever had before. I'd had a couple before Mike came down, and they were okay. You know, it, was, it tasted like really sweet wine to me, but he changed all that. So uh, go look around a little bit and find out about it. And, of course, you can come down and visit us. Mike, you're usually closed on Sundays, right? Usually. So a special engagement here today. Um, and, and Mike has opened his doors to us and our listeners. So if you're in the area or you want to get down here, you know how the show goes. You could leave home now and still be here by the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we only got another 30 minutes to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's in Sunnyvale. Just go to rabbitsfootmeadery.com. You can get directions and find out about their meads if you have questions. Can you order from the website, too? Sure. You can. Oh, so you can order meads, too. I have a feeling that some of the, some of the drinks that we talk about tonight, you're going to be pretty enticed to, to order because they've already blown us away. These guys, while Schumann and I were setting up, Schumann's our new audio tech, by the way. We have an official Brewing Network audio tech. Huh? How about that? There you go, Schumann. Yeah. And he's going to do all of our remotes with us that he, when he's not like on tour and stuff. He's not stuck in my cock, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh. Suck it, Schumann. <laughs> when that's not happening, tasty. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen to tasty. <laughs> Boy, out of the gate, man. Wow. <laughs> he's had a few braggots today. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tell that Schumann he's an asshole, too. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> While Schumann and I were setting up this table, uh, these four, Shat, JP, Tasty, and Doc, were just hanging out with Mike over there at the, at the tasting bar. And, uh, That's what the talent does, man. Yeah, <laughs> you just hang out. We just had some really small pours. You did? A lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> we just had like 29 really small pours. Yeah, Mike's got two great things going. He's awesome mead, awesome place here, but he's got awesome stories, too. Cool. Well, more importantly, I think, no offense, Mike, but he has awesome AC. Mm. Yeah, and it's not 150 degrees. That's yeah, true. It's 68. Usually, I don't think I've been 68 on a Sunday since the wintertime. I don't know what time of year Mike was in the studio with us either, but uh, if he, if it was summer, he knows what you're talking about. <laughs> and right now, with the heat wave in California, we've really been sweating it out in that studio, yeah. man. So that's true. I didn't even think of I'm so used to just uh, like suffering it, I didn't realize I wasn't suffering today. <laughs> <laughs> My life is so horrible, I thought it would always be horrible. <laughs> I don't even think about it in Poovy. <laughs> Ever. It is really nice and cool in here, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, and then the meads uh, warm you up. Just take a minute yeah, to enjoy that. Hmm. Okay, good nice. enough. <laughs> All right, hope everything's coming through okay. Like I said, just join JP in the chat room. You can get questions yeah. to us that way. A couple of announcements we have today. Announcements. Oh, announcements. Did you guys see the new uh, Brewing Network forum? No. Yes. Yeah, no. yeah, sure. <laughs> Doc doesn't even know. Yeah, I did. I went there and like got confused. Yeah, we have a new forum. Um, you can find your I'm willing to learn. 
it's uh, it's really ugly right now. I don't like it, but it's not that wasn't the point. It's we, just not familiar. Well, well, you can change all those settings in your personal settings. It, everything is going to be actually even your personal settings. Uh, I did a post, and I want everyone to know this is kind of why I'm talking about it. We did a, a forum upgrade because we needed to get the latest version, uh, not only so that we can have some new features, but we can integrate it into the site better, and uh, it's more secure than the other ones. All these things, and uh, our man Code. Oh, he's Code right and fool. He did it all for us. He backed up all the database so that we don't lose posts. I mean, look at how we have, uh, what, three years of posts in there. And uh, he backed all that. Three and a half million just on Rat Ted. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So he really did a nice job and changed the whole thing for us and put in the new um, form. But even the way it looks now, and you can change settings to, to be a little more appealing to you if you need to. Don't get too comfortable because it's all going to change again. This was just the first kind of a yeah. platform change. Uh, we'll have a whole new look, and uh, it'll kind of be a standard look that everyone will be using. So if you hate it, don't worry. We get a new one. If you love it, don't get too attached because it's going away. Oh, I just noticed that uh, people bitch about it and code fixes it. Yeah, he's the man. That's a fix me, bitch. Fix me, well, doesn't. Fix. he doesn't sleep either. I don't know what's wrong with that guy, but... Every, I, he lives in Missouri, so he's in a different time zone than me. I'm up working 11, 12 at night. Send him an email. He calls me within eight minutes. It's like putting a bat signal into the sky. Well, he did the same to me. He so goes, uh, he emails me, you mind if I call you? I go, sure, I got an unlisted number. He calls me. Yeah. No, he, yeah. there's no such thing as unlisted to code. Yeah. I know. So, but he's done a wonderful job. I can't thank him enough. And he's doing some other things. We've got a lot of surprises coming up for you in the future. But I just wanted to talk about the, the, the forum. If you don't like it, don't worry about it too much. Remember that movie Real Genius? Yeah. He codes like that guy that lived in their closet. Yeah. <laughs> and he has his own, like, subterranean, uh, you know, underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like that guy. That's a mile. That's a mile. All right. So thanks to Code. And uh, enjoy the new forum. Thanks, and it, it'll just be getting better and better over the next uh, few I'll weeks. Bet. So hang in there. Now, last uh, week I mentioned that we had How to Brew back in the store because people were asking for it. It's gone already. Can't, uh, can't keep Thank it in stock. Popular book. Uh, so know How to Brew. There are <laughs> like four Brewing Classic styles left, signed copies from Jamil himself. Um, so if you four. haven't gotten your signed Brewing Classic styles, okay, now it's down to three. there's like four right there in the store. Yeah, maybe three by the time this is over. So you can go do that. Um, Brewing Network Army shirts I'm supposed to pick up on uh, Friday. So I'm hoping that we have new BN Army shirts up there. I know we're out of a lot of sizes. We sold out at the uh, conference. Should be back. Also hats. I got hats to put back up there. And uh, I didn't put up the lunch meat shirts this week. You didn't. JP. Because, uh, well, I just counted them and kind of sold a bunch of them. Kind of, but not sold out. How many? Well, we have a bunch of extra larges that I'll put up there. That's a pretty medium good size. But that's it. And by a bunch, like eight. Really? Nine. And then I've got like one 2X and one medium. You need a medium, Doc? Yes. Will you wear your colors? Your your (laughs) other show colors? Yeah. Fly your freak flag, Doc. (laughs) I can do that. You can wear it at B-Man. Oh. I will. It'll I'd fit do that. there. I wear it all week. You might get brought into the wrong camp if you wear that. Yeah, burning man. Well, yeah, but if it tears sleeves off, it'd be good. <laughs> so I'll probably put up those extra larges and then just keep the random sizes. And don't ask me if I'm going to order more because I really don't know. Just like, <laughs> I, like I don't know if that show is going to ever appear again. Who knows? Uh, oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I don't okay. mean that I'm like canceling the no, program. Right, good. I just mean you know it's so random. Well, I got to ask about those what other army shirt too. 
The the Bruce Strong shirts? No, the khaki things that I didn't get one of. Ah, because you didn't go to GABF. Those were... Does that uh, matter? Yeah, those were uh, custom-made for the Great American Beer Festival staff of the BN, and uh, they were one-offs, and they're really expensive, and I don't think I can make a bunch of them. Uh, and if, uh, I've been looking for them, someone who could do it cheaply, but they were kind of, they were basically handmade, mm-hmm. each one of them, and I needed them for staff at the GABF. They were GABF Army issue. And that was it, man. That's why I didn't get one, Doc. You got to roll, man. Hey, I rolled to Cincinnati with you, man. But I didn't make special shirts for Cincinnati. <laughs> My point exactly. <laughs> Are you, is this your first fight, guys? Or is this... I go over to your house every goddamn week. I know, but I only made them for GABF. <laughs> I think, and, I think, and not one for Doc. I think it's cute when you guys don't get along. <laughs> it's Doc's, adorable. His feelings get hurt really yeah. easily. Uh, yeah. You, where's the feelings calendar, Schumann? Did we bring it? We didn't bring it. Oh. I'm trying to get a feelings calendar made for our Facebook page. The, we have a, you know, we have that the Brewing Network yeah. Facebook page, yeah. and you can add applications to it. I think that'll work. I would love it if listeners could all write on the feelings calendar on the Facebook page, but uh, one has to be written. I'll probably have to have code do that for us. Right. I'm sure there's an app or something like that. I, I'm hurt. The one that there is, there's a regular calendar one. I couldn't use it. It wouldn't let me use it. Hmm. So, search around if anyone knows about a feelings calendar for our Facebook page. That would be awesome. Doc could be typing right now. Oh, I would be. I'm already feeling it. I didn't get a shirt. <laughs> Nobody loves me. You did get dissed. <laughs> I didn't get. I'm not coming back next week or the week after. Yeah. You didn't give me a shirt. My mom didn't give me height. <laughs> oh, I got more height than my mom. I'll tell you that. All right, Shat, what else is happening, man? You got uh, updates for me? Yeah, sure do. Um, well, speaking of mead, it's going to be the AHA's Mead Day, August 2nd. So go to beertown.org. They have a recipe you can try. I think it includes tart cherries, raspberries, wildflower honey, of course. Nice. Uh, so that's coming up on August 2nd. Um, check it out, beertown.org. Um, also, uh, we have the OBF, of course, end of the month, 24th to the 27th in Portland. Oregon Brewers Fest will be up there broadcasting. And one of my favorite Brewers Fests next weekend, Vermont Brewers Fest in Burlington, Vermont. Did you go to that when you live there? Uh, all the time. Really? Every year. Yeah. This is their 16th annual. Um, so I went four years, I believe, in a row. It's fantastic. It's I right know, on. I didn't know you knew about good beer before <laughs> you met us. Yeah. Well, they'll have all the, you know, the mill of the uh, brewers up there in New England. I mean, Allagash, Magic Hat, you know, those guys. Nice. Long Trail. Um, it's oh. a great time. It's right on Lake Champlain at the bottom of the city. You can walk up to Burlington afterwards, get a bite to eat. Bunch of Vermont hippies, though, right? Uh, it's just a good party. Big I mean, beards all over the place. Oh, sure. Hell yeah. Birkenstocks. <laughs> That's right. I know that place. <laughs> just like Marin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so check that one out. If you're in New England, you got to go to that one. It's a big one. It's a lot of fun right there on the lake. Cool. Um, and speaking about Marin, they had their breast fest yesterday. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, breast fest. I love breast fest. I didn't get to go. Uh, JP and I were doing the CBS show. wanted to go to it, but we're just Good too times. late. I mean, it was packed. This year was just, I mean, really? shoulder to shoulder. Did you say it was stacked? Boobs to stacked. boobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of rubbing going on. Doug. Wow. You would have loved Ooh. it. Passing through the crowd. Uh, great people, band. How many people were rubbing you? Oh, not enough. Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Never enough. <laughs> um, but we had a great time. I mean, tons of great beer up there. Did uh, Petty Theft partying. play? Did that band play? They usually have the Petty was. Theft, which is a Tom Petty cover uh, band. Uh, uh, no, they uh, weren't playing. Uh, it's too bad. I always like them. They're good. It's kind of bluesy, kind of. Yeah, it was good time. You know, Did Motown. you dance? Oh no, you didn't. But there was just one chick there. I mean, I she was dancing with everyone. That. I mean, just working her way through the crowd. That's every little like cute guy she'd grab. Really? And then be done with him. Was she hot? She was hot. 
In a tweaker kind of way. How many beers? Out in a drunk chick kind of way. Yeah, four or five beers. She was a four beer, five beer. That's Schumann's kind of Having a good time, though. Schumann's 12 beer at this point. He doesn't care. We have to make a mead scale for today because it's kind of cut in half. If she's a five beer, it's a two mead, right? That's right. Because it's a lot stronger. That's right. Okay. So that's pretty much it as far as updates. All right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the OBF, man. Uh, we leave next Wednesday. We're going to be at the uh, Brewers' dinner on Wednesday night. And then we're supposed to march in the parade on Thursday. Not that kind of parade, JP, the OBF uh, parade. Are you going? You said you might go now. I don't know. Um, oh, that was really... Um, I don't know yet. I still need a confirmation from Christopher. Ah, Okay. Yeah. Oh. You want me to have a talk with him? Yeah, he wants yeah, to. Please do. He wants okay. to pull a few strings for yeah. you. Yeah, we do well, it. he's doing so much, he, he never gets back to me on if I'm going or not. Okay. All right. Uh, I have a couple things from the chat uh, before you, because I don't have any notes or anything. Um, they want to know about pint glasses, how that's coming. They are officially ordered. Yeah. I'm told it's a seven to ten day turnaround. And then they have to ship them. They're shipping from the East Coast. My guess then would be they'll be in the September. store for you in <laughs> in August. <laughs> I think in because yeah. the last week we're gone for OBF. Right. Um, so come home, sober up, and find them. And find them. Put them in. This, I'm guessing right at the beginning of August. But yeah, I ordered, and they're not the ugly tumbler glasses. Nope. They are the nice imperial uh, tulip style. Uh, Pilsner glasses. So they, they mm. bell at the top there, um, and they've got the BN Army logo on there for you. Okay. So good question. And um, Film Lab Rat wants to buy a shirt for Doc. A, oh, the, uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the super shirt? Yeah. I honestly don't know if I can find them. I've been looking for the shirt, and I can't well, find we, it. We've got to make a trip to the Army Navy surplus store anyway. We can but it's something. not where it came because it's mm-hmm. more, we're going to have to go to China, Doc. Are you ready to fly <laughs> us to China to find you this shirt? Gucci pilot can say. <laughs> or at least Malaysia. I forget. Yeah. Where. I mean, so he wants to buy. It's They're like $60 yeah. at once everything's done. like Because you, you, you got to get the logo on the front and the back. There are patches that have to be bought and hand sewn. Uh, it's so. It's, it's got to be tailored to my you know, this is why I don't little put, form. This is why I don't put them in the store. <laughs> right. Well, if if the listener wants to buy it for you, Film Lab Rat wants to do it, dog. We've got to find this entity first. That's the thing. It's not yeah. that I wouldn't, uh, you know, uh, take some of our listener donations and get the shirt made for you. I just don't, I don't think I can find them anymore. We just cut down your shirt. <laughs> I think we can get a Boy Scout shirt that fits in pretty well. <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah. A he Cub should, Scout shirt? Yours no, should be, it's got to be green. Yours should be special anyway, because you're the Surgeon General. It should have some medical stuff on it. Oh, it should be like dress blues or something. All right, I will design you a, a good shirt. Don't worry. We'll I don't it. want to be the only man out there. No, no, it'll match, but it will be. You'll actually like that it's a little different. I mean, I, I mean to honor you, not to kind make really you stand tight, out. Like, punch. like the way Shu likes his shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I should order you a small, like Schumann wears, even though he's nah, a. Actually, I don't like that. He's really an XL guy. It's a, little, it's a little binding for me. I don't know how he even moves his arms in those things. I don't think like he does. <laughs> how does he breathe? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So, I want to cover our fifteen fifty. Oh yeah! Should we do it now, or should we do it at the end of the of the show? I think you got to wait till you have some beer come out of it, so we can tell. Well, <laughs> I, I can at least say so. You know, Chris Graham and uh, the More Beer team donated uh, Jamil's first fifteen fifty to us. Uh, their brew sculpture uh, donated it to us for our third anniversary, which was just blew me away. Very generous, and then they refurbished the whole thing. I was talking about it last week. I hadn't seen it. Well, he delivered it to us on Thursday. 
you wouldn't know that this thing is, this I don't know, how many new? years old? Eight years old or something? It looks brand new. They upgraded everything for us. It's so badass, Doc. I, we, Chat and I brewed on it for two days straight. I'll bet. We didn't even stop. It just was fantastic and easy to use. All these features... I want to get more into it, but I, I don't want to rush through it. So well, I kept telling right. you how you know you got great equipment. You just dialing it in, yeah, and you just want to keep going. Chat, what did we brew? We made a Dortmunder, and we did the Belgian Blonde the first night. Yeah, we made a Dortmunder, Dortmunder Friday night. That's right, Belgian Blonde, and that I wanted to make because of the of uh, the Jamil show, which is coming out uh, I think Monday. Uh, he he did a Belgian Blonde show, and we tasted the Lefe. Uh, which is it, one of the BJCP examples of a Belgian blonde, and I just loved it. Really nice. And so we, we brewed that the first day. And Chris Graham like ran through the whole thing with us. Uh, that's kind of what I want to talk about in, yeah, in more over, depth. Yeah. Came over, delivered it, did the whole brew session with us. So that went much smoother than the following day when Chris Graham was gone and we did the, <laughs> and we did the Dortmunder. And I want to talk to you some about how that went down, Doc, because okay. it was weird. And no, there hasn't been an Nkasi that popped out the other side yet. No, it didn't no. shit out an Nkasi for us yet. That was the popular question there. at B3 yesterday. We're at more yeah. beer for the 15% sale. Everyone heard about the systems. They're like, so did Nkasi pop guys, out? Wait, you, did, yet. you didn't find the switch on the bottom of the panel? No. Chris. Oh, yeah, there's the switch. Is it Nkasi on and off? Oh, it's Grams a, didn't show it to us. It's that switch you're supposed to keep off all the time. That's the Nkasi switch, probably. Mm, uh, no. Maybe. Guys... <laughs> Still need the goat. First yeah, things first. Exactly. Gotta have the goat. All right. Is that it then for announcements? People are bugging me, mainly Brew Tattoo. Because. Um, well, just because he wants. But uh, uh, patches. They want patches and they want marble bags. <laughs> marble bags. <clears throat> be in marble bags, be in patches. Oh. <sighs> so I had sent the patches out to be designed by somebody and he. He just can't. He's too busy. So that's what I'm waiting on. In patches, I can order them. I just need a proper got, design. There's got to be somebody out there that. I just really trust this guy, and he does really good work. Sounds like you need an Apache. <laughs> uh, you look at the way Tasty's looking at JP right now. He just looked at him like you. I'm are, trying to get it. He, he's working hard trying to get it. It was like I'm trying to get it, and you are an asshole. It was written all over Tasty's face. Right there. Now, there's that friend chuckle, and we couldn't even pull that. Couldn't one. even give you that. Uh, and what was the other thing besides patches? Marble bags. Marble bags. Marble bags. Vanna might be able to sell those. Yeah. Uh, those. That's a thing we'll have to do just on one of those stupid sites like... Um, Where'd you like at his? Yeah, camo marble bag. That ton, ton, I have no ton, idea. Ton. <laughs> <laughs> camo marble bags. No, that site that just makes them for you on demand. What's it called again? Cafe Press. Oh, Maybe we can make them in there because I don't think I can afford... Like, What are we going to sell? Four marble bags? No, at least six because we're going to need two for Bernie, man. <laughs> I am not... Wear- I don't shave down there, Doc. I can't wear a marble bag. Marble well, bag with There's bush. a camp. They will shave you. Oh. Oh. There is a shaving camp, isn't there? Yes, there is. Yeah, I can't do that. Uh, yes, you can. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Is, okay. Was that it, JP? <laughs> Film Lab Rat just donated 60 bucks for Doc's super shirt. Wow, okay. I'll have to not use that <laughs> now on, you're, uh, now you're screwed. on PG&E this month and get you a shirt, Doc. <laughs> yeah, I'll be doing it in the dark. But If I can find it, I will have to return the money to him if I can't find the shirt, though. That's the issue. We'll see. Can we move on from this, Doc? Uh, no, because <laughs> I've been bitching about this shirt for a while. I know. You really like now I got my hooks into it. People at the AH, at, the, at in Cincinnati at the NHC really want them too. Oh, we're, yeah. they're, you know, we're selling these shirts, and they go, "No, no, no. Where do we buy that shirt?" Yeah. How come Doc doesn't have one? They kept saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody said that. No, I don't think anyone did either. 
right, let's do feedback. And I don't have our feedback sounds, so we Doc, can do it. Just kick ass for us or something. You've got mail. Kick ass. You do that the whole time. It's a long feedback segment, JP. No, no, I don't want to hear that. Please, shut up. It's a really creepy feedback segment. All right, uh, Doug's getting mad. Oh god. So remember. Uh, that the goat that was supposed to come with our Ninkasi system from Jamil, there was a goat hanging from it, he, he and said, the goat went missing goat. last week. You know, they, all of a sudden it was gone. I got a ransom note. Oh. <laughs> I told you I was going to get one. I knew somebody had it. Yeah. Justin, you half-witted jackass. I have your precious goat. You'll never be able to brew a decent beer no matter what sculpture you get. I'm not sure even the goat will help you there. However, you'll never know unless you get the goat back on the mash tun. I'm holding it for ransom, and I'm not giving it up unless I get 20 nude pictures of B. Arthur and a football helmet full of cottage cheese. That's what he wants. It's impossible. Somebody got your goat. If my demands are not met by the end of the month, I will slowly end the goat's life by Chinese water torture or lunch meat torture. Same thing. You have my requests. And remember, no cops. Yours sincerely, the angry alcoholic. As our goat. Where are we going to get 20 new pictures of B. Arthur? I only have 18. <laughs> I, I think I, I, we might have double, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we, we'll, we'll trade. Okay. Okay, we'll good. Have to use Photoshop. So then we just need a football helmet full of cottage cheese. Oh, wait, I have that. Okay, good. Well, we might get our goat back then. Yeah. Angry alcoholic, you forgot to send delivery instructions. Well, see, because, you know, why would you ask for ransoms of things that you know that other people don't have? They know we had this stuff. Well, yeah. we're going to have to probably meet him somewhere. It's going to have yeah. be a whole weird thing. Behind yeah. the we'll box. To, we'll have to pile into the Shadowlack. Halfway uh, across the bridge. We'll want to see know. some proof of the goat first. Oh, I will yes. need to see pictures of the goat yes. alive yes. and intact. Send right. us a hoof. <laughs> Doc, no. <laughs> That's not how you... I'd hate to hear you negotiate kidnapping of your kids. Give me a finger so I know he's still there. Yeah. <laughs> a picture of the goat next to a uh, um, uh, newspaper. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the goat holding yes. Yeah. Exactly. So send send us some proof, angry alcoholic. We'll see. All right. The next one uh, was sent in. It's very short. It says, "JP is effing hilarious. I love that dude. Keep him in full supply of crack so he doesn't lose his <laughs> sense of humor. The rest of you take notes." Oh. And that's from Josh. Wow. Yeah. Well, Josh is my new PR man. Yeah, you've apparently blown him. I, I was I think really he's your other email address. I was yeah. really going to say how uh, that whole. Uh, JP thread about love JP blah 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 it really went cold mm. it did didn't it didn't it by the way the feedback is brought to you today by St. Louis Hops stlhops.com your source for news and discussion about beer in St. Louis and JP yeah. is a total raging homo douchebag oh dude take yeah. take note chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah that nice creepy crusty beard that's got a man you got to shave Chad, that thing come on. and he's a major limp dick that's for sure <laughs> But Schumann told me that. So, Doc? Oh, we need another thread for this because, oh. you know, it's going to get really, really bad. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't think of anything good to say. Sorry. Schumann, Wait, you, want, you, you want to try a JP insult? It's at yeah. the sponsor's request. Yeah, uh, you're not very handsome. <laughs> Let's send a finger. I feel like I have to give the sponsor their money back for that one. And, and yeah, like, yeah, you know, McDole said. <laughs> You know, with the limp thing. Okay, fine. <laughs> Suck it, Schumann. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, there I, you I, go. I think I'm going to start coming after the announcement. After the feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, does, it does run for a month, JP, so hang in there, buddy. All right. 
Ah, here we go. Justin, wanted to thank you and your band of merry douchebag asshats, and you too, Bevo, for creating OCD in my life. There you go, Doc. You got a friend. (laughs) (laughs) I think you can't create it. You're just born with it. He says, I've become so acutely attached to my iPod's headphones that I panic if I can't find them. I listen repeatedly to the BN archives at every opportunity. I'm actually considering stealing my daughter's headphones so that I can have a spare pair. What a loser I've become. I have weeks worth of effing music on this thing and never listen to any of it anymore. Uh, I really hate you, though, most of all. I guess he's talking to me. I guess um, so. Or be- JP. <laughs> because I've even started listening to that other show. That a boy. The problem is, I like it. Yeah. And I hate myself for liking it. <laughs> so do I, dude. He should hate himself more for wanting to take his daughter's pear. <laughs> that's true. That's, I need help. That's Something just freaking a- creepy. <laughs> That's why they love them, Doc. I need something like a BN support group. My coworkers think I've lost my mind, having no concept of what live beer radio is, while I walk around the office laughing to myself. If I didn't keep them supplied with fresh homebrew, I think they'd have me committed. So thanks, y'all rock. In fact, I just finished listening to your very first show. And despite what you say, it rocked back then, too. This guy's definitely insane. Uh, I wish I'd been around from the beginning, but thanks to the archives, feel like I've known y'all since then anyway. I've learned tons of info from the BN. Keep the good work, um, or I'll quit listening. Yeah, I think we got off the show, or off the air the first show, and it was like, that sucked. Yeah, it was bad. I hope nobody's listening. Everyone wanted to like, everyone wanted to like high five and say, oh, that was great. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? That was awful. (laughs) (laughs) But we pulled it off, so that was good, I guess. Hey guys, long-time listener, first-time writer. Just wanted to let you know about my trip to Squatters in Salt Lake City today. Um, yeah, she was on the on the show two weeks ago, right, Chad? I stopped by for a few beers this afternoon, ran into Jennifer Talley there, uh, told her I'd heard of her on the BN, which is cool. You guys should always do that if you, if you did hear them on the BN. Yeah. That's very cool. If you come down to Rabbit's Foot, tell Mike you heard him here. Um, she said, uh, let's see. She said the BN show was one of the funnest and best interviews she's ever done and would help promote the BN whenever she could. Wow. She said you guys were all great and had a great time. Um, yeah, and then she, I guess he asked about her Hop Rising, which is a beer she was talking to us about, but she had already run out. Um, but we'll be entering it in GABF. So that's kind of cool. And that's from Craig. Sneeze coming. I don't want to do it right in this microphone. That's yeah, from Craig uh, Sled, Utah. Uh, he met us uh, at the uh, at the BN. <laughs> what was it? Uh, uh, what did we launch? Oh, Oktoberfest on the bus when we did a movie launch at Two uh, One A. He was out yeah. there. We met him. Let's see. Uh, what up, BN crew? I've been away for a while. One of the perils of being an employed home brewer. Anyway, it's Friday night, and I'm now working on my second Hop 15. This is actually a feedback question. And by the way, I wanted to point out, we don't get enough questions in the feedback. I mean, that's Mm -mm. part of the reason that the feedback is designed. We always have this panel of people who can answer them, and I think you guys don't use enough. So one day you're going to wake up, and you won't be able to ask questions directly to these brewers anymore. I think you're maybe taking it for granted. So don't be afraid to use feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com to ask. They can be – this is the time that you can ask any homebrew question. It doesn't have to be on topic. Yeah. Because all these guys can cover it. A lot of people PM me, uh, you know, during the week. This write the question in, and we'll let everybody hear. Send the it in exactly. Yeah. So feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. It's it's really rarely used for questions, especially if I don't write you back. Yeah, well, and that does help because like Doc, Doc doesn't have time to answer all those a emails. Lot of them Even now. Jam- I know D- Jamil gets a hundred emails a week. Send him in the feedback. You know, I get a lot, and if I've got, a, uh, you know, I, I don't type so good. So if I get a lot to say or. You know, it's going to be a lot of feedback just to get you on the page. Yeah. I just don't get to it. I put it on hold and I just don't get back there. We could really cover it here on the show. So I get like one a month. 
Do you? Yeah. And it has nothing to do with beer, I'm sure. It's no. probably the same guy, isn't it? Probably the same yeah. dude. Yeah. Probably Josh. It's Joe the emailer. Josh. <laughs> yeah, it's Josh. Uh, okay, so here's his question. Um, he's brewing a his, his second Hop 15, which I, I don't know, I guess is a commercial beer maybe that he's... Uh, I think it's from Pizza Port. Is it? Okay. So uh, he says if we haven't had one, we're missing out. Uh, anyway, he says, I had a pH question. Does the initial gravity have any effect on the pH of the finished beer? How does the pH of the beer change once it's carbonated, and how does that affect the storage of the beer? And there's more. Let's go one at a time. Does wow. the initial gravity have any effect on the pH of finished beer? What do you think, Doc? I don't think so. I don't know. Because I, I think it's a, there's a certain point. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying not to answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a big question, too. <laughs> Um, but it, 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 yes, it would affect the finished beer, right? Right. Uh, fermenting beer and finished beer is, is going to be two different pHs anyway. And will the pH go up and down based on the gravity, if it's a big beer or a, uh, a session beer? I'm, I, I'm first thing is, what's the point? Uh, your pH is mostly important when you're doing your brewing. I guess what he's looking for is, does the final pH have an effect on how well the beer stores over time? Uh, yes, so, definitely does. A, a lower pH is it, uh, the finished beer pH is so low that things don't grow in it. Okay, and uh, at, at a certain there's a certain cutoff. I forgot what it is, but uh, it, you're you're good after that point. Okay, and so different, we different beers them, definitely have different pHs, and we want them to be as low as possible. No, not necessarily, but just below a certain point. I see. Uh, so, some beers are more acidic than others. You're going to feel that in the taste. But if it's going for storage, it's not so much of an issue. There's many more other things that you've got to worry about for storage. Okay. That's what he's really looking for. It, you know, he also asked, does, uh, does the pH of beer change once it's carbonated? Does that yes. change? It? it does change also. Yes, definitely. Okay. All right. Well, that's what and, he's and, looking and, for. Basically, it goes lower. Okay. And so if he wants to store a beer, I mean, unless it's a, a lambic or something that we expect to be, you know, taste right. acidic like that, then a lower pH or whatever that threshold is mm-hmm. uh, will help it store longer. And, and most finished beer is going to be low enough pH that you don't have to worry about it anyway. Okay. So he should not worry about it. It's not the first thing you have to worry about when it comes to storage of beer. Okay. All right. That's from SoCal Surfer. He says, P.S. Why does the name Crazy Bitch describe them all? <laughs> <laughs> I want this to know. He makes a good point. A big He's right point. on. Yeah. Really big point. Let's see. Oh, here's a guy. Compliments me. We'll skip that. Uh, I'm going through a <laughs> brewing revolution in the kitchen garage, and as much as my wife in two weeks is complaining, I think I'm winning. She likes the brew. I give credit to you guys for getting me into this obsession, so I wanted to join the AHA through the BN, but was unable to. I can't find it on the page there. He wants to give credit where credit is due. He's also a monthly donator, which I appreciate that very much. You can hit the donate button and become a monthly donator, and it helps us a ton. So thank you, my man, for doing that. And definitely join AHA through Brewing Network. Yeah, well, I have two things to say. First of all, he's just been brewing for the last couple weeks, it sounds like, and his wife's still for it. And I want him to know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So be careful. While she might be all down with it now, you want to be brewing years from now. Oh, yeah. So... Be good to the woman. You might have to relax a little bit. Don't cram it all into the first month because by month three, you really could, that whole reaction could change. So be yeah. careful. You can see uh, like it getting really big and out of hand, yeah. so you got to watch it. Yeah. It's talking about a lot of things in newlywed things. Yeah, <laughs> Keep, Cram it all in there at once. Yeah, you you might as well. you got to <laughs> spread it out. <laughs> oh, no, no, so no. So to speak. That's just dumb. Well, just, <laughs> That's just dumb. <laughs> just be careful, you right? I mean... Uh, y- you know, take her good attitude and try to keep that going for as long as possible. 
Uh, the other thing is... She's going to hate it sooner or later. Well... And you'll be in the garage. Well, it sounds like he's in the kitchen, uh, and that's yeah. uh, some... I know she... No, that's that's grace period. Yeah, a lot of guys uh, have gotten systems in garage setups because their wife their wives oh, want yeah, them definitely. out of their hair, but, you know, they don't really care, so don't, they go Don't in the mess up my or, kitchen. You yeah. take over the kitchen. I don't like the smell. There you go. All that stuff. Okay. But, yeah, you, and... and <sighs> I get that even without brewing. Yeah, so you, you'll move get out of my kitchen. You'll move around, but yeah, uh, as smell. Justin yeah. says, it's a long haul. I don't know you. <laughs> Why did you break into my house? How did you get in here? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you brewing in my kitchen? Was this crap all over my stove? <laughs> get it all the time. Yeah. That's a whole different story. What are these tissues all over the place? <laughs> What's all over my stove? Why are you watching me sleep? Uh, okay, and don't uh, touch to me. answer the AHA question, I the AHA was lagging a little bit. They just, I think, maybe still recovering from Cincinnati in getting me new. Memberships. There, I'm told that they shipped last week, so I should have them Monday or Tuesday. I will put the memberships back up in the store as soon as I get them. It sounds like it's a commodity. Like you hold these things, and you can. It is. I have to actually weird. ship out a card, and then you take that card and you register, and it's a whole thing. So just do it through us. Uh, but you do do it. Through, but I have to get them so you can do it through us. So I'm hoping for this week. Uh, they, I'm told that they shipped to me. And then he also just wanted to say, uh, brewing a pale ale right now as I type this feedback to you. So good on you. That's from uh, Cheers Delta Brew, a.k.a. David. So Delta good, Burke? Good man. Delta B. <laughs> All right. We got a lot to do today. Um, go ahead. I wanted to give a shout-out to Push's wife. Ah, Mrs. That, Push. Yeah, yeah, I saw the x-rays. Yeah, she, and, and, and JP's trying to explain to me what this is and what's yeah, on the x-rays. <laughs> so that's the top of her foot. He goes... I know. Like, oh, Mrs. Oh, yeah. Push broke her leg foot. Little tib foot yeah. action. Like the, the, it's the part of it. It's not really the foot or the leg, right? It's the uh, part. It was the leg. It's right, oh. right above the uh, ankle. Okay. The tib fib. Bunch oh, of boards oh. fell on her, and not, she not good. really messed it up. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's was all, in, had to have surgery. Sur- she got a surgery today, I think. It's all pinned and plated and uh, no weight on it till October. But she's already up moving around. Wow. So, I'm so uh, there with you. Yeah. Mrs. Push, good luck. You guys should have a cripple party, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we she, should. She won't, she'll be in the hospital till like Wednesday. Yeah, wow. she's still not out, so it's pretty bad. It's bad. Yeah. Oh, the next the next month is gonna be. What so kind of drugs do you think they gave her? A lot. That's cool. <laughs> Good job, Push. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, Mrs. Push. We hope a speedy re- uh, recovery and and maybe not too much pain. That really sucks. That's why well, I, I know Push is gonna take care of her. He will. He's a good dude. Yeah. Hey, I also wanted to share a story. It was his wood a- that did it anyway. <laughs> it was his wood. Ran into a couple listeners at B3 yesterday from Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, yeah? They were trying to hunt down JP to pass off some beer. Ran okay. into me, or maybe McDole first. Anyway, they found me, said, hey, I've got like 12 beers for you. Love the show. Wow. Eric and Misty. Nice. Had his wife with them. Yeah, they're really nice was, people. Oh, they were great. I like that. So we've Misty. got a bunch of uh, different beers from Eric and uh, from Upstream. He brought some commercial beers as well. So Oh, cool. Yeah. Should uh, be pretty awesome. You brought them with Thanks I didn't bring them with us this no, week. They'll be on a yeah, future show. Just want to give them a shout out. That was pretty cool. That, that is cool. Really cool. I wonder how they found you. You barely stick out in a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at the, the big guy with the Bruce Strong shirt. <laughs> That's him That's over there. Him? He's not really as fat as he thought. <laughs> He's not as big as I thought. He's got this travel cooler. I guess he travels a lot for work. He's in the uh, engineer corps or something like that. Okay. And uh, he had this cooler, and basically it was just a foam block, and he drilled out holes for the bottles. 
So he just checks it in, has baggage, and uh-huh. carries it everywhere he goes. Wow. He travels to Seattle, brings back beers with him. Wherever he is, he's bringing back beer. Nice. It's pretty cool. It's like two feet by two feet by four feet. It's big. Yeah, oh, it's like got a shoulder some... strap on it because it's just foam. You it's know? like a fishing cooler. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was big. I see some pictures of that. Post pictures in the forum if you can. Yeah. I'd like I to forget see that. his uh, forum name. but All right. Hey, Brewer's Code. Cool. Good shout out. So what, we got that beer at home? We do. Okay, yep. cool. We'll get, get to tasting that maybe next week. Very nice. All right. Mrs. Push, we hope you get better soon. Shout out to those listeners who brought the beer. That's very nice. And when we come back, let's start talking braggots. Oh, yeah. We got Mike Fowl. We're at Rabbit's Foot Meadery. We're live here from their tasting room. What a cool place. Uh, you can go to rabbitsfootmeadery.com. Don't forget that your feedback was brought to you by St. Louis Hops, stlhops.com, your source for news and discussion about beer in St. Louis. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Attention homebrew shop owners. At Fermentap, they know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless stone false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic hassle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper wort chillers are the best on the market, designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hot bitterness extract, unique wine yeast, green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at Fermentap.com or call Jason at 1-800-942-2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to The Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. Chip's not paying attention. Oh, dude. What's going on, man? I forgot. You know, you guys get out to these remotes and everyone thinks it's a vacation. You don't uh, you do not do your parts. Doc's hey. still in the bathroom. Hey, one time. One time out of how many years? Okay. Maybe I wanted to take a time off. Maybe I maybe, <laughs> needed maybe, a vacation maybe from saying not, city lights. Maybe it's not that much, maybe it's not that special it if is I special. say it all the time. Maybe I have to, to make you want it a little more. I'm playing hard to get, dude. I see. And, Plus, was, and you were playing on your phone. I was looking at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Right. My friend took a picture of me and photoshopped a bunch of makeup on me. It was funny. Hot. 
All right, we are Photoshop. here at Rabbit's Foot Meadery, rabbitsfootmeadery.com. You can check it out, find out all about the things that we're uh, drinking today. Uh, I get, Mike has had to tell me uh, several times what everything is, because I just, I get confused easily, and so we're going to have to go through a, a quick 101 for me. But Mike Fowl is the yeah. owner, and, and what, are you a, a mead master, brew master? What is the title for you? I have many titles. Just you master, do? I think. Yeah. Master, uh, I've been known by worse names. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Brewer, vintner, uh, mead maker. Meter. You know, people call me different things. I just say, oh, like, I'm, I'm the proprietor. I th- I'm the guy that owns the place. Okay. But Actually, you're the head. I mean, you're the maker. Also. Yeah, yeah, I make all the stuff. Yeah. Right? Okay. You know, my, my wife makes me do it. I'm big on titles, though. See, I would, I, if I were you, I would demand a title. Of course, it would be demanding from yourself. But yeah. uh, still, everyone needs a title. You know, I just, I think it's important. I could ask my wife. She'll give me a title. <laughs> she, she like, oh, that ought to be fun for her. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a great bartender, great innkeeper. Everything. Yeah. A publican. A public. That's oh, great. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, like I like that, that. one. Is he a publican, though? I would I say. Yeah, well. I think you have to own a here? pub to be a publican. Probably. You own a tasting room. That's true. So a tastican. A tastican. What is the right. deal a here? Tavernican. Yeah. That'd be a tavern. Right? <laughs> we were trying to. There's another drink that's similar to mead called Tej. Is that, is that pronounced right? Tej, yeah. Tej, tej is basically mead with uh, a, an herb called geisho from Ethiopia. Okay. Right, it's the national drink of Ethiopia. This is a geisho. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to figure out. See, wow. I, why didn't I leave that for you, JP? I know. I, Actually, I was looking at Schumann, and we were snickering, so I didn't even pay attention. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we were trying to figure out, what is it? Is it a tejery? A tejer, we, there's all these things that need to be, for Tejanian. me, I need them defined. We're going to have to figure this stuff out. Now, is this the building, uh, the building that we're in, and, and just to describe it a little bit for the listeners, we're in the tasting room, which is the front portion of the building. Uh, really comfortable, nice, plenty of room in here. It's got a long bar and several um, meads and braggots, uh, meads in the bottle, braggots and sizers on tap. Uh, and you can come in here, I guess, normally during the week and do tastings if you wanted to, and probably buy bottles to bring home with you. Sure, you can come in and try stuff uh, during the week, pretty much any time of the day. Afternoon, you know, I don't want to drink too early. Yeah, yes, we do. Yeah, well, <laughs> and then you can stay, hang out, uh, try some stuff. Uh, yeah. you know, we are actually a licensed brewery and winery, so you can have the whole tavern kind of experience as well. Cool. We have growlers, and, and we have air conditioning. And, yeah, do you have air conditioning? I love it. Yeah. So that's the front part of the building, and then in the back, and we're kind of set up so that we can look through the doorway. You actually have the meadery, right? So the last time we were on the show, we were in our old building, okay, which we actually got kicked out of. Uh, just after the show, they decided that they wanted to sell the buildings to build more houses. Really? I don't think that was a very good move for them at that point in time, but they didn't know it at the time. Right. So we went from 2,500 square feet to the uh, almost 6,000 square feet that we're in today. Okay. That's a lot Um, of room back there. You know, the last time uh, in our old building... We were pretty cramped in there. Yeah. I had that big bottling machine back in the back, and it was barely enough room to, uh, to operate it. You had to actually forklift everything out of the building to run it. Just to run the bottling machine. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, it's a big, you know, it's a high-speed bottling line. It'll do, you know, a couple thousand cases a day if you push it. Really? With a couple of guys. It does look pretty high-tech, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, JP and I were back there poking and prodding and everything. Checking yeah, it out. Yeah, I can turn it on and show you the Star Trek user interface on it. <laughs> oh, look, my. Really? Like touchscreen yeah, everything? Touch it's got oh, the whole wow. L-Cars interface I designed for it. Wow. The, uh, look at you. Yeah. So I think Doc's in love right now. Right. <laughs> Computer on. Yeah. Yeah. They're making out. Exactly. You have to pick up the mouse, though, and talk to it. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a few more I of these ciders, I'm going to be talking to them. Nice. <laughs> you, you, you drink all 15 things that are here on tap. It'll happen You'll quick, be talking right? to a lot of things. You'll get taken to the back and probed and parted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so you know, we had uh, about 2,500 square feet at the old building. The tasting room was kind of small. Um, so one of the goals of moving into this new building was, obviously, try and keep... 
the rent kind of the same, right? Because yeah. it's an operating kind of problem in Silicon Valley. Yeah. But we wanted to have enough space in the back where we could actually add on, add more equipment, add more space, uh, be able to actually make more product and store it, right? And, and not run into problems when we want to go delivering stuff, right? I want to have enough product sitting in the boxes, ready to go. I want to be able to make more, right? And then kind of have things staged so I can make you know, more than just... You know, two meads at a time. Because it's almost, I mean, it's business suicide for you if people love your stuff and they call up and they can never get it. So now you can always have it planned out so they can they can get it. Pretty much, right. So so we kind of operate in, in a mode of, uh, you know, sort of on demand, right? So if somebody calls up and says, I want, you know, 20 cases or 50 cases or 100 cases, they'll have a delivery date that's given to them. That delivery date is basically dictated by how long it takes to make that particular product okay. and whether or not we actually have any of it in, in, in a tank in the back. All right. right? So, so when you look in the back now, you know, previously we had the three tanks and the kettle. Now we've got three tanks, the 15-barrel fermenters, we've got the, the brew kettle, we've got a 1,200-gallon fermenter, and we've got two 450-gallon fermenters, two 300-gallon storage tanks, and a pile of barrels. Wow. Right? I was so, noticing the pile of barrels. I, w- I was yeah. going to ask you, I'll, I'll, well, let's wait to talk about the barrels, but okay, so you got yeah. all that. Yeah, and we, we, we actually, you know, if you go back to the old show, the last show that we did on mead, the yeah. barrels, we kind of talked about that as well. Yeah. Right? yeah. So they're, they're, they're used to store some of the meads that we make. Right? Okay. And, and really, the primary purpose of those barrels was... Was designed originally to be, you know, condition the barrels in order to put the meat of poetry in those barrels, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the meat of poetry, right? So, the, uh, you want to you want to have a five year old mead, you want to have a ten year old mead, you want to have a fifteen year old mead, you want to have a twenty year old mead. You need to have barrels to put it in, and the method that we use to make those meads is a little unique in the industry. Okay, if are you, we going to talk about that, or is that like industry secrets for you? Yeah, we could talk about it because I mean, you know, if you if you look at sort of the way you know sherry producers make sherry, right? It's kind of the same thing, right? It's called the Solera method. You fill a barrel, you make a new batch next year, you rotate through each of those barrels, kind of like a cascading waterfall from the top to the bottom. Okay. Right? So as you pull product out of the bottom barrels, you refill them with the barrels that are above it. Okay. So every year you have a consistent product. Ah, uh, I see. Right. They're going through the exact same barrels. Okay. And they're blended with the previous batch. Right? Okay. So it's kind of a back-blending kind of And process. you do the same thing with your meat. Yeah, we, we, only with one of them, though, with just uh, the meat of poetry. Okay. Right. All right. So, so back in the back, you get all these, you know, you got all the, the, you know, the, the tank space for fermenting, right? And then it's broken down in different sort of areas. What can you ferment? How do you condition the different things? And it's all scheduled. How do you make something? Do you make a... If you're making just a plain mead, you can ferment it in any of those tanks based on the size of the batch that you're making, right? If you're filtering something, you're filtering it into another tank from another tank, and it's really dependent on the size of that particular batch. The, the, the complexity really comes in when you start making the braggots, right? Braggots are basically beers, right, that are made with honey, right? So right. It's just a medieval term, braggot or bracket, whatever you want to call it, or honey beer. I'm going to make you re-explain that in the next segment. Sure, okay. Go on. So, so when, you, when you make those... Because you have grains, now you start looking at sort of more of a brewing process than an actual mead-making process. Right? Okay. You now have to say, okay, I've got grains. I need to sparge those grains. How do I get the sparge water? Where does the sparge water come from, right? I need to, you know, you know I need to cook the grain, right, or bring up the water to a temperature, soak the mash. So what I do is I, I schedule the other tank that has an actual front manway because when I originally designed the meadery, I didn't think about 
how I was going to handle grains. So mm. now I've got a separate tank that I have to use okay. that's usually full of mead. So you had to rebuild a lot of things you're doing to make it a, almost a brewery, not just a meadery. Yeah, I had to redesign it a little bit. In fact, the, the main brew kettle that's back in the back right now is actually heading off to uh, a manufacturer who's going to cut a hole in the front of it and put a real front door on the front, a, okay. man, a nice manway door, so I can actually pull the grain out instead of using, uh, you know, 10, 500-pound bags. You know? Oh, okay. <laughs> a little backbreaking door, climb in with a shovel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you had to use your little stool to look up yep. over the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I usually send my kids into the tanks to clean them. It's like a four-foot tank. <laughs> Doc had to get out the stool. Oh, I did. <laughs> How's he going to get all that grain out of there? Yeah. So that's kind of the building that we're at here at Rabbit's Foot. And uh, like I said, you can go to rabbitsfootmeadery.com and check it all out. It, you do have a lot of space back there. I think you, I, I mean, I see some real growing room for you, so that had to be part of the plan. Uh, I mean, I've been into some pretty tiny breweries before. Yeah, uh, ab- yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the, the goals of moving into this particular building was that we have the space to grow. I don't want to move again next year. Yeah. I mean, moving the bottling line alone, it's a 28,000-pound machine. Right. You know, it takes some serious planning to pick that up. Like and move four it. guys. At least four. Yeah. yeah. Two shats. <laughs> two two shats. Yeah. Two shats and a Schumann. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and a couple of forklifts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's a good choice of building. Now, you had mentioned briefly, uh, you know, we are in Silico- Silicon Valley here uh, in, um, in Sunnyvale. Yep. Um, and you had mentioned kind of the rent issue. Is, uh, is that real tough for you? I mean, or... or does kind of the lagging economy right now help you keep this building? Well, I negotiated at least two years ago, so it's kind of okay. But, ah, okay. Uh, I, mean, I could yeah. probably renegotiate the thing today and get a better deal. Maybe. I don't know. It ah. really depends. But still, I mean, a lot of times tech companies will come in and just swoop up buildings like this, I guess is my real question. So uh, are you able to get a reasonable... I mean, why are you here? Just because it's close to home? Yeah. I live like a mile and a half down the street. Okay. Right. My previous building was five-minute walk from my house. If you were, say... You know, thirty miles from here. You know, would you be able have been able to get a better deal, or did, or is it doable? It would have been a much better deal. Okay, but I wouldn't be there every night until eight or nine o'clock. Right, and you kind of hate that part right. of your job. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of the things that happens here in the tasting room, at least, is we have a lot of a uh, sort of a local community. We have a lot of people that come by after work. Oh, cool. Week, weekdays, you know, Fridays, Thursdays, and they just they come by, they hang out, they're friends, right? They're not just you know customers. And we are kind of in an industrial warehouse type of district. Yeah. So so the, the the spot we're in right now is industrial. It's actually uh, got rezoned about six months ago to a commercial. Okay. So in three years it'll totally change. Right. But if you residential. go yeah, no, it's not going to be residential like the last building. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and, I, and actually, that's one of the things I looked at when I originally moved into this building. I wanted to make sure that there was no chance of it ever turning into a residential building. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you go, you know, a mile and a half back towards, you know. Mountain View, yeah. you'll have a lot of high-tech companies over there, right? You've got the Googles and the Yahoos and a bunch of other companies over there. And, and, and they come in periodically, right? So they'll have little gangs of people show up every now and then. Nice. Next thing you know, you've got 40 people from one company. Yeah. See, I really like that about it. There is a brewery near us, uh, Black Diamond Brewery, um, and they're in the same thing. They're in an industrial area there, and I thought, wow, what a what a. And they have a, a very nice tasting room, just like you do. And I kind of thought at first, well, it's kind of a weird spot to be, and why would they have this nice tasting room? But they get the same thing, F- uh, 5:15 every day. That tasting room fills up with the people working in the area. Let's go have a beer after work. So, kind of a nice thing you have going here too, if you get the same. Yeah, and you know, we're not we're not pushing it. It's not it's not the main purpose of the building is. The, yeah. To, to be a tasting room, right? We we make the product, we sell it, we s- ship it to stores, we ship it to different states. You know, people show up at the tasting room. Yeah, 
that's fun. You know, just to come hang out. Now, since we last spoke to you, that was in 06, that show. And yeah. uh, if you want to learn how to make mead and, and, and go through the beginning processes, we really covered it. Just search for mead on our archive page, and you'll find Mike's show with us there back in 06. Has, uh, have things changed in terms of, uh, you know, uh, purchasing trends and consumer trends? Because, you know, mead is still, we were even talking about it before, a lot of times you go into a place and you say, I, I make this mead, and, and most people say, well, what the hell is what mead? What the hell's that? But, uh, but I've heard a lot more about it since you've been on the show with us, and I'm wondering if you've noticed kind of a trend upward. Yeah, there, you know, more people are aware of it. I think the younger generation that's starting to drink, you know, like, like the new people, 21, 22, okay. 23, know more about what mead is than maybe their parents knew. Yeah. And that just is because, probably because, you know, the people that are making mead in America have been marketing towards that particular audience. Right? Okay, yeah. You know, they're, they're interested in trying something new. Right? Exactly. You've got a lot of home brewers, younger people who are starting to become home brewers, who are reading a lot of literature. They're kind of looking at different things. What can I make? What's different? What's, you know, different than your typical sort of pilsner, right? And then you've got a, a different group of people as well where, you know, we've actually gone out and marketed towards that particular group of people. So, And what is that group of people? Are those wine drinkers or... No, actually, my, my particular sort of mass market, I guess, would be, you know, the I, I, you know, 25 to 30-year-old kind of crowd, right? Hot chicks. He, yeah, exactly, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to have a lot of hot chicks coming in your tasting room, <laughs> yeah. right? Because that brings the guys in. Right? Yeah, exactly. No, but if, if I've got a lot of people coming into my tasting room and they all try something, right? I'm going to get them to try the things that they're familiar with already, right? Try the Braggots, right? Those are like beer. Yeah. Right? Try the Sizers, right? Ciders. Those are like... Gateways. Kind of wine. Yeah, yeah gateway kind of things, right? Once I get you trying those and you like those, then I'm going to get you to try the mead, right? Mm-hmm. Once I get you to try the mead, it's going to be an eye-opening event for you, right? You're going to say, holy crap, why didn't I try this before? I've never heard of this before. You know? And then if you look kind of beyond that, at the sort of the bigger picture in, in the world today, you have different types of movies that have come out, right? You have like Beowulf movie came out last year, right? You know, people kind of look at that movie and they'll scratch their heads like, what the heck is mead? Right? Yeah. They, they, yeah. Go, they go on Google, they do a search, they find mead, they find, you know, one or two or three companies, you know, and they, they order something or they kind of go, hey, look at that, they're in Sunnyvale. Right? right, and they show up at your doorstep saying, "I just saw the Beowulf movie, and I want to try mead." So you have all these Dungeons and Dragons kids showing yeah. up in here yeah. looking for mead. Yeah, yeah, not so much actually, which is kind of weird. Should really, we go to yeah. Dave and yeah. Buster's or go to Rabbit's Foot? I don't know. Let's roll a twenty side and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, one through ten is Dave and Buster's. <laughs> yeah, Dave and Buster's, Chuck E. Cheese's, right? Well, yeah. one of the things you got going for you, you got this awesome menu up here. Uh, you don't just have a sweet mead and a, and a dry mead. No, God, no. Yeah. It's not just a meadery where we have two kinds of mead. You've got a lot of things that uh, people can try. Yeah, and rainbow it, colored. It was yes, yes, it's beautiful, isn't it? It is beautiful. We, we have actually more colors. We can change that menu if you want. Really, <laughs> but That's the uh, colors. <laughs> but you know, the, the thing about it was, is when we originally started the company back in 1994, we had a you know maybe three or four different styles of mead that we wanted to make, and that was because that's what friends of ours liked right so we said okay we'll make those different things and as i evolved it into more of a business right a business has to make money in order to exist so you have to sell products that people will buy you kind of got to sit there and think about what is it that people will actually buy right well unless you have a lot of marketing money to go out and market you know mead honey wine and get people to try it and drink it and create the whole niche for it, it, yeah. it's it's a niche within a niche right i mean you know you've got a sweet you've got a dessert wine kind of category mm-hmm. yeah and the first thing that comes into people's minds when they think of mead is oh it's made from honey so it has to be sweet yeah well it doesn't right and that's the part of the whole marketing thing that's hard okay right? 
That's a great way to describe it when you say it's a niche within a niche. I, I, I don't think I could have heard it better. Uh, yeah. So it's even tougher. Do you want to stay within the niche in the niche, right? I mean, yeah. you know, think about it, right? So the wine industry today is about $32 billion in America. The sweet dessert wine is about 3.2. Yeah. Right? So do you want to try and take part of that 3.2 and just focus on, you know, sweet dessert wines? Yeah, small which are part do- of the small part. Dominated by big players mm-hmm. making, you know, ice wines, mm-hmm. Tokajis, Birnash Lises, things like that, right? Well, okay people that understand those products understand sweet mead right but the bigger markets are even bigger right you yeah ciders right so and you've got beer right? right if i can make a different style of cider or a different style of beer that is still a mead mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it right now i make something that you understand already today right and i'm gonna see if you like it i'm gonna make four or five different versions of that and if you like one of them you're gonna keep buying it are you gonna try try the next one and the next one I've got uh, 15 different products. I've that's got 15 so great. different versions of mead. See, that's what I really like about it here is all the different things, plus then the the ciders and plus the braggots. So you really are branching out. Yeah. I do have a listener question for oh. you. Um, I think, especially because mead is kind of this Viking drink. It comes from a time, from a long time ago. And, and then there are also still people who, like, act out those Viking battles on different fields, right? You know what I'm talking about yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I guess the point is, uh, if you are a big Mead fan, you're generally a pretty interesting person. <laughs> like you've got a, So I'm curious about this tasting room. Uh, have you gotten some interesting characters coming in here going, wow, I love Mead. This is, and then, you know, kind of creepy out. Do you get some interesting people in here? I have a Mead horn hanging on the wall. You do have a does, Mead. Does that tell you anything? Are you supposed to pour into that and drink out of the Mead horn, or you just blow that? Fill it up. Really? How many times and how many... I say you should do that, Jay. How it's, many people have touched it since it's gotten cleaned? Oh, I don't know. God, it could be 100. Yeah, it's 10% Mead. It'll clean itself. Maybe yeah. hit me up at the end of the show. You drink the 10% stuff? I only drink the... Uh, 15, 16 stuff. Okay. That's a man. So what are the more, you know, maybe just some of the more interesting characters that have come in here? You gotten some uh, weirdos? Anyone in capes, I think? Uh, so so the, uh, the, the, fun, the really funny story is that uh, we have a lot of people show up from different parts of the country, um, and at different times of the year they show up. Okay. So if you think around kind of Halloween, you might have a couple of different types of people showing up yeah. periodically. Dressed as Vikings. They might be. They yeah. could be dressed up as Vikings. They Vampires. Might be, they might be dressed up as other things. This is true as well. <laughs> but uh, we, we lovingly refer to some of our best customers as gay pagan hippies. <laughs> <laughs> that covers it. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, no no offense to any of them, but, yeah. you know. 90% or, or of Burning Man. Yeah. Well, you know, there you go. All right. So, so we have, uh, you know, we do, uh, in fact, I, you know, I myself do a lot of medieval reenactment. Right? Okay. So we do, you know, we, we get sort of, you know, all dressed up funny every now and then and go out and beat each other with swords. Are we talking about outside of your bedroom? Oh, yeah, gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like actual festivities. I have armor. Absolutely right. Okay. <laughs> I have my own armor. You have your own armor, really? Yes. Is it cod piece? He does have his own armor. No, I got the cod. No, actually, I gave it to Schumann. <laughs> and uh, John Palmer makes armor. Yeah. He makes it? Yeah. He right. does uh, metal work. Um, I don't know what if that's a specific term. He's armor. He's not like a smithy or anything. Metal dude. He's yeah, not like armor. He does chain mail. Yeah. Okay. That dude oh, makes chain right. mail. Oh, so does uh, one of our listeners, Lufa, who I haven't seen around in a while, but he makes chain mail also. It's like, like yeah. knitting with metal. I thought chain mail was that annoying shit I get in my inbox all the time. I thought no. that was chain letters. Yeah. yeah. That's different yeah. than chain mail. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, it's the same. One of my other more bizarre hobbies, other than just the metery itself, is I actually make swords. 
Do you really? Yeah. How come there's no uh, like edge weapons on the wall? They're in, they're in my office. Okay. Uh, they're, they're very sharp. I how do you make, bring them out later? How do you make swords? Don't you need a whole like metal? What are those things called? A foundry? Don't you need well, uh, a foundry? Oh. You need a forge. You forge. Yeah, that was close. I have, a, <laughs> I have a forge in my backyard. You do? Yes. And you, so, so you'll you actually would. melt the metal and Dude, form he, a sword and Pounds. and do the whole thing. Yeah, my my specialty is actually Japanese store, swords. Really? So I do the whole forging, folding, folding yeah. thing. Yeah. Dude, Don't fuck with Mike. That's yeah. pretty cool. I want to do that. Yeah. I, of I'll course show, you I'll show do, you one JP. later if you want to see I'd be it. sweet. So that when you're playing World of Warcraft, you can dress up with your own sword. There you go. <laughs> well, it's funny because my, my, my character has mining ability, and so you have to go mine, and you have to take it to the forge. <laughs> right. You should be better off. So I'm used to it. I can do it right now. Yeah, your character would be better off mining gold and then buying the sword. See? Even he knows. Are you a World of Warcrafter yourself, Mike? No. Liar. Never touch the game. <laughs> he has his own he knows World of Warcraft room somewhere here in this metery. You see all those computers back there? Yeah, yeah the dude has Apple IIs. He does? Yeah. I learned how to use computers on Apple IIs back yeah. in, I don't know I used when. to play Dig Dug on those things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's enough of this. One other thing I wanted to mention that's interesting about Mike, actually. are you sh- Now he's showing us videos of a Viking. Uh, is that you doing your thing? No, that's that one band I was telling you about. Oh, okay. We'll have to play some of that music later in the show. Oh, yeah. A cool thing, so we come in here and we say, you know, uh, Mike, our listeners are probably going to come out and, and taste some mead with us, and you know, I want to know if, if they're going to be able to buy the stuff. And so Mike starts to explain to me, well, yes, but we haven't, you know, it's an interesting policy here, uh, which is uh, that you have to, I, say I come in here to taste your responsibility. I, I am responsible for telling him at the end of my stay how many drinks I've had. And that's how he charges me. So, you know, if I've had four samples, four glasses, whatever, he charged me, I have to say four. And he wanted to point out also, if I say two, he will kill me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> With those swords. Right. Hence the swords. Yeah. Exactly. Right. He, didn't mention, he didn't mention the swords back then. Or, yeah. or the Hurley stick over the bathroom door. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. He will, it's, it's, uh, it's have broken, a, too. He will have a new skull goblet. <laughs> right. <Yeah. Yeah>. <laughs> but see, to me, this really kind of hits home because it's also how we designed the Brewing Network and the Brewing Network forums and all this, when I looked around at the, at the beer world and other people doing these websites, they're really strict and they told people what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do and, and people were getting kicked out and banned all the time. And I said, you know, our site is your site. You guys make it what you want. I'm not going to... So I, I, to me, that's kind of the same thing. You have your, It's very welcoming to come in here and you serve somebody some mead and they say, what do I owe you? And you say, I don't know, why don't you tell me when you leave what you owe me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tell me how many you had, right? Yeah. It's, it's you want, brewer's code. I like that. Yeah, I mean, and then, well, the other brewer's code is if you're a brewery brewer, mm-hmm. you come by my place, you it doesn't some. cost you nothing. Yeah. Gotcha. Right? See, very, very cool. And I just like that. You know, you could have a tasting room full of people. Mike could be very busy. He's not going to watch your every move. No. You be an honest person, and you tell him at the end. And I just, uh, not only That's do I right. like that he, you can still trust people to do that. Mm-hmm. Have you had anybody try to, like, deliberately lie to you? I don't think I've ever had anybody deliberately try. I've had a th- one, or, one or two people kind of kind of fudge it. You know? well, right, right. Like, I had only three. They looked in their wallet and went, I better not say five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that, like I said, that comes from that whole tradition in, in Cologne, right, where you walk into some place and you're drinking Kolsch. They don't track it for you, right? You, you kind of track it to yourself where you get the little saucers that your beer was delivered on. Uh, right? Yeah. That's tough with Kolsch because it goes down so easy. So fast, yeah. 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 So you get little chalk marks, put them on the table. We do that sometimes here if it gets really busy. Okay. Especially if we don't know you. Yeah. Sure, new yeah. people. Yeah, you got, you got shocked, right? But you know, once once you've been here once or twice before, and people kind of look at you, kind of scratch their heads about, yeah. but 
you don't have run a tab for me or something? No, no. You tell me at the end yeah. how many you had, and I'll charge you. And I'll, I'll charge you whatever it is. Right? See, I think it sounds really simple and, and and maybe almost pointless to bring up, but to me, it's a, just a really cool, it's a really cool thing to do, and something that you don't find uh, certainly not in industry. Oh God, no. Kind yeah. of all over anymore. You just don't do. That. I like that. I dig it. It it is, it, it does build a, a trust bond. It, I, I think it makes people want to come back because they know that hey, you know what that dude was really cool, and and it's kind of like. A, you know, you show the person I trust you enough, yeah, and you want to come back because y- you like that feeling of people trusting, you, strangers trusting yeah. each other. That's cool. The gay hippie pagan, what was the whole description? Was that did I get that gay right? Gay pagan hippies. Yeah. The gay pagan hippie in me really likes that. Right, exactly. <laughs> I just to me, I dig it. I never thought you'd call yourself a pagan hippie. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's, I think there's one in every one of us, uh, Doc. And thank you for excluding the first part. Yeah. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to start talking about Braggit, because that's really what's new here yeah. at Rabbit's Foot Meadery. Yeah. You can go to rabbitsfootmeadery.com. And uh, Braggit's really cool, guys. You're going to be surprised to find out uh, some of the tastes we're going to describe for you. Uh, Belgian rings a bell. So when we come back, we'll taste some Braggit's, talk about the new ones that you can find, and check it all out at rabbitsfootmeadery.com. Hang in there. We'll be right back. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Labs yeast? WLP 001, Cal Ale, baby! 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale! Cal Common, WLP 810. It's gonna be WLP 400 with beer! I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Welcome back to the program. We are live from Rabbit's Foot Meadery in Sunnyvale, California. You can come on down and meet us if you want. Just go to rabbitsfootmeadery.com and uh, get the address and directions right there. Got a couple listeners hanging out with us. Pete Dedink is here. Pete, I thought we got you in trouble at the anniversary party and you weren't allowed to hang out with us anymore. (laughs) How'd you pull this off? It's a good man. 
He's just a good dude, huh? Yeah. You had to you had to pull some overtime at home to get uh, to get out here this weekend. He did have to take a lot of heat. low. Yeah, I just remember hearing from Peter that uh, he's like, great time. Probably should have left a little earlier. I <laughs> got in some trouble. <laughs> Won't see you for a while. Well, Pete's working. He's actually uh, running messages for me yeah. since Chad is uh, on his phone again. Chad's so. <laughs> rocking his yeah. Blackberry. So it's Pete the producer. Peter's Peter the producer. Oh, how about that? That's the second time you've been dethroned by a guest, Chad. First it was Nicole. Now it's Peter the producer. Yeah. All right, very cool. Uh, so you can come on out and hang out with us, too. Usually close, so you get kind of an intimate environment. And right now, Shat's bartending, so that's fun. You can insult him like we do, and uh, he'll still give you a, a mead uh, or a braggot. Now, I've got a couple of mead questions that we can get through quick, because they're just kind of simple answers, because then we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about braggots. Simple. And at the end, I'll do some other kind of random questions that we've had. Like, for example, someone wants to know if you like to line dance, Mike. One of our listeners wants to know that. No. You don't line dance? <laughs> no, he's, he's Irish. Sure? He likes to do that. Didn't the Vikings line Stop. dance? That's the same thing. That's a line dance. That's yeah. like the original Irish, line dance. Irish line dance. If you really yeah. yeah. Irish dancing's probably actually where line dancing originated. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Which is so in that case you have to retract yeah. your answer, don't you? You do like to line dance. No. You don't? You don't even do those Irish dances? Your high school prom, I thought everybody was doing that, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right, that's not the important stuff. Uh, how about here's just a couple quick mead questions. Someone want to know uh, what is a good gateway mead? What's a good one to try so that you'll know you'll keep drinking it? Or at least be stacking the deck. Like a commercial one? Yeah, probably a commercially good one. Or, or like specific, how about both? How about a commercial one and something that you could make at home? Style-wise? Uh, yeah, they want style-wise. Okay. Right, okay, yeah. So, so style-wise, just make, make yourself a traditional uh, sweet mead. Okay. Sweet meads, dead simple to make. What's a, real quick, what's your tradi- a traditional sweet mead? Three parts water, one part honey. Okay. And it finishes right. out kind of high? Yeah, let it finish out high. Use, a, use a, yeah, like a champagne yeast. Yeah. All right. What's, what, what's finishing at high? It's at, to me, it's ten twenty five, ten thirty, maybe. Yeah, ten thirty, probably. Yeah. Right. Do you have to stop it to make it finish high, or will it stop automatically? No, if you if you're making a, just a traditional sweet meat and you don't add any nutrients to it and mm. you don't put too much honey in it, to begin with, it'll stop out on its own. Okay, cool. Right. So don't, piece of cake. Yeah. Well, in, in that case, don't use a champagne yeast because that's going to go. Yeah, out. it'll dry it out. Yeah, totally well. fast. Yeah. Okay. And and again, uh, just refer back to the first show because we definitely talked about doing that in depth. So if that wasn't a deep enough description for you, you can get it on the first show right there. Um, and then here's a uh, I thought a really good uh, question that we can do quick is what's the ideal mead drinking temperature? Uh, so what what should we be serving these at? It depends on the mead. Yeah. Right. So just like beer, it's very different. Yeah, totally. You got a, a dry mead, a really, really dry mead. You probably want to serve it really cold. Okay. You know, a sweet mead. You can serve it at room temperature. You can serve it chilled. It really depends on. How would you serve a sweet mead here? Does that come chilled. out of your refrigerator? You do it chilled. Absolutely. Yeah. And chilled is uh, fifty, or chilled is is below forty. Forty four. Okay. Forty four. Right. My, my, my cold room's at forty four. Okay. All right. Yeah, I thought that was a good question because these are things you know people want to. Once they get it, uh, our listeners are, are real savvy about this stuff. They want to serve it right too, right. Yeah. and then it should be in a wine glass or a goblet. So again, depending on the style of mead, okay, we'll probably determine the type of glass to use. Right? All right, I mean you know it might sound snobbish, but you know there are certain characteristics about different styles of mead that lend themselves to certain types of glasses. Okay, right, like a really really sweet dessert mead will probably be better in. A dessert wine style glass. Near a muscat type. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? Or or you have just a regular kind of dry mead that's more, you know, like a Chardonnay. Maybe mm-hmm. just use a regular wine glass. What do you put in the horn? 
The horn? We put uh, our sweetmeat goes in the horn. Any of the braggots go in the horn. Any of the ciders go in the horn. The warhammer goes in the horn. Are you supposed to... Is the horn basically like the first funnel? No, it's a four... <laughs> it's like about... about Five bottles. What's, we'll what's but goal? are you supposed to like a mead bong? Like, do you, do you, is it meant to, for you to chug or just as a carrying vessel so you can sip? It's got a strap. It's a carrying vessel. It's a carrying vessel. Yeah. Okay. What's going in the horn? What do you want to put in the horn? I'm just asking you. What's going? Can in you the drink horn? the whole horn? Oh no. Yes, he can. <laughs> oh, <drink laughs> the horn, he can dog. drink the horn. Well, put it this way: <laughs> he's getting dropped off at home tonight. What are you that, talking about? Actually, that horn will what? take about four seven hundred and fifty mil bottles. Holy <laughs> smokes! <laughs> Doc, maybe don't drink the horn. It's very deceptive. <laughs> at least half the horn. It has a strap. He can carry it right now. I and take it home. Yeah. <laughs> He'd have to buy the horn. <laughs> We'd okay. have to carry you into the house too. <laughs> yeah, and you could sign me off too. <laughs> yeah. Sign him in. Uh, yeah. Hi, Karen. Um, okay, Wait. see you later. Yeah, put them on you a goat. Sign your name on. Or that run one. the goat in the house. Yeah. yeah, okay. I see the horn coming out though. I think maybe something out of it, right? Yeah. I have, 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 have smaller horns for neophytes. Oh, you do. Well, I'm talking. What's community horn? Why is he calling us names? Oh, sure. Yeah, smaller horn. You don't know what that means, do you? I have no idea. Uh, yeah. Man, even I know it. It didn't means. come in my word of the day yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll still coming. Could you put that in my word of the day, please, Mike? All right, I want to talk about braggots because these. This is really exciting to me. I walk into the tasting room here, and uh, Mike hands me a, a glass of. Uh, w- I don't know what it is, but he. It turns out to be braggot, and I drink it, and I go, "Oh, you make Belgian beer here? That's fantastic!" And it's Ma- not Belgian beer; it's a it's a braggot. <laughs> actually, actually, your eyebrows went up, and you go, "Loved it." Whoa! Well. Shu and I were out at the Trappist last night drinking Belgian, so and you know what I love uh, Belgian doubles, fantastic, right. and that's kind of what it tasted like mm-hmm. to me. So I really, I didn't even know what you were giving me. So what I want to do is cover what exactly a braggot is, and then we can talk about yours and how you made it. I mean, that was such a wonderful he's to me. Got, I, wa- he's got I want a few to... that we need to talk about, and they're all different and they're all unique. So I keep wanting to call it a beer because that's what it tasted like to me. So does help me describe this? Is it is it a beer or is it a mead? I don't know. It's both. Okay. Right. So, if you're a beer drinker, it's a beer. If you know what mead is, then it's a braggot. Right. Okay. It, right. I mean, really, the only difference between this and any other beer is is that it has honey in it, and the different style of braggot or beer, and this and the type of honey that's used in it really determines what it comes out like at the end. You know, the, the end product. Okay. Right. Now so, we've got one in front of us. For example, what is this that we've got? So this is the beer de mille, right? And I might not be pronouncing this in French properly, but it's basically honey beer, right? So I'm very partial to four or five different styles of beer in the world today, right? One yeah. of them happens to be a Kolsch. All right. So my beer de mille is styled after a Kolsch, right? German hops, German malts, German Kolsch yeast, and orange blossom honey. Ah, it's it's right? very light. It's it's a little darker than a Kolsch. It's probably a eleven SRM, maybe. Probably, yeah. I mean, and if, if but you, it's light. It's a great great starter. Yeah, it's four point two percent alcohol. About twenty five percent of the fermentable sugars come from that orange blossom honey in this particular case, right? Now, the the goal for me wasn't to make a beer that was going to be super giant, you know, giant hoppy kind of you know, you know, beer, right? I I don't like hops. Personally, myself, right? Which is kind of one of the reasons I actually make. Neither does mead, Doc. Right? <laughs> Neither do I. And we're yeah. doing a high five here. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's you know, radio. so this is about fifteen, sixteen IBU, right? Okay. And that's good for me because you know, hop prices going through the roof today. <laughs> sure. I don't have to use as much right? hop crisis. You're still having a party. <laughs> exactly right. All right. So the goal here was to make a beer that was like a Kolsch, mm-hmm. but that was really a mead. Right? Okay. 
So in order to qualify, you know, in, if you look at the International Mead Festival, sort of judging rules, in order to qualify a beer as a, a braggot, 25% of the fermentables is, have is to be Is that the hunted. minimum? Yeah, 25 So there right. is a standard. Okay. There, it's, a, it's, it's, it's kind of an emerging standard, if you will, right? All right. So I said, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to make one. I'm going to put some honey in it. I made a couple of trial batches. I looked at a different, you know, different types of honey. And what I found was that if you actually used an orange blossom honey, you get that kind of citrusy note that you would have gotten from more hops. Mm. But it's not hops, right? So you don't get that chewy kind of resin quality. Right. Nice. So it, yeah, you're going to get the certain hop characteristics. Because it is sweet. Through. It has the body of a Kolsch. But it, it it's sweeter. So you you are getting that honey. And now let me ask you this. So you start with, let's say, your favorite Kolsch recipe. But then you have to back off on the malt, I assume, so that you can add fermentable honey? Exactly. Okay. Are you going for the same alcohol content as a Kolsch? Yeah, this is 4.2%. It is? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll back off whatever the Pilsner malt or something? Yep, two-row. Take, take out some of that, right? And replace it with? Honey. Okay. Right. And what you said it, but what honey was it that you added to this one? to keep Orange it? blossom the honey. The orange blossom right. honey. Okay. And, and, and it, this is a very specific type of orange blossom honey as well. It only comes from one place in the world. Okay. Right. And this is this is this is an orange blossom honey that we use in one of our sort of more popular meads as well. So what other honeys did you experiment with? I tried wildflower honey, I tried star thistle honey, I tried raspberry honey, I tried blackberry honey. I mean I, I make Dozens and dozens of different trial batches before I come up with something that I actually think is okay. Did what do you make, do you make, make small a, batches? Small batches, and then I let my customers in the tasting room try them. So did, did those other honeys make a bad uh, bracket? It wasn't quite what I was looking for, right? It didn't have that citrusy quality, which right. I think is really the key. So you're trying to almost mimic the hops. Yeah, absolutely, in this particular case, right? Yeah. Are there any hops? Oh, yeah, there's, there's hops. There are some. There's Hallertau hops, and there's... Uh, Kolsch hops, basically. Kolsch hops, yeah. So, again, here you have this Kolsch recipe. How much do you cut down the hops because you don't want it to... Or, or do you keep them the same as it would be in a Kolsch? Well, it depends on the hop, right? I mean, so you're, depending on the alpha acids in the hops will determine how much of the hop I'll use. But my goal is kind of 15, 16 IBU. Okay. Which is almost a Kolsch anyway, isn't well, it's it? it's 22, right? So yeah, it's right there. I, I don't like hops. You can actually go a little higher on that. The, the sweetness from the, the honey is going to balance that out, too. So if you're going to go True. if you're gonna, you know, go a little on the high side, the honey is going to balance that back right. out. But you remember, the, unlike a regular mead, this is fermented out until it's pretty much dry. Right. Right? So, All right. But a lot of it's in the nose. You can, He's serving this in... Uh, <laughs> I guess I'd call it a Belgian glass. Yes, almost. it's a Belgian glass. Sure, there it is. You go. Today. Uh, we scratched off the label from some other but Just smelling it, man. it's very sweet in the, sm- in, the, in the nose. Yeah. And a lot of that, you're going to come through in the flavor, too. You yeah. do get it. But I like that... Uh, see, what I like about... I love mead now, that you've, given, that you've given me really good mead. But that's a flat and sweet drink. This is a carbonated... Uh, it's closer to a beer, but it has yep. that sweet flavor. So I really... Uh, I kind of enjoy the whole mouthfeel part yeah, of it. As Doc said before, this is kind of one of my sort of... You know, my gateway drugs. Right? Yeah. This is... If, if you don't know what mead is today... And you come walking into my place, I'm going to give you something that you'll like, that you'll walk out with saying, holy crap, I just had mead and I love it. Yeah. This is hard not to like. It's, it's, it's easy. Next thing you know, you're putting lines out on the bar. Yeah. That's right. It's a long bar, by the way, too. What, what kind of lines are we talking about? <laughs> Got to be careful. Like chocolate yeah. line out the door. All right. So let's talk about the process of a, of a braggot a little bit. Because you're talking about how it's almost a beer and then you put some honey in there. But uh, there's a process that takes place. So are you doing a mash first, just like we do with beer? So depending on the braggot that we're making will determine whether we do a full mash or a partial mash. Okay. Right? So in, in the case of this particular braggot, we're, we do a partial mash, right? So we'll take a certain amount of the, of the grains, maybe either, you know, I don't know, you know, 
crystal 30, right? And we add that to the kettle, bring the brew water up to 155 degrees, add that, soak it for an hour, right? And then add in malt extract. Then we take honey, or actually, then we'll go bring it to a boil, add, you know, the hops. Add the hops, right? So add the hops, boil it for another hour, add the aroma hops. At the end of the aroma hops, add the honey in, right? Because I don't want to ruin the flavor of the honey. And you're still boiling when you add the honey, or you flame out and you throw the honey in? It's just absolutely. Just turn turn off the heat once you dump the honey in, right? Because you don't want to burn it on the bottom of the kettle, right? Because yeah. especially in my case, I've got a direct fired kettle. Yeah, I was looking at that. So. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah well, I'll get a steam kettle next. Ah. Well, I was thinking, oh, steam kettle would be nice back here. <laughs> so you got it. So it's same with us. If we were to put extract into a beer, we would turn the boil off. But but you're done boiling at this point. So yeah, absolutely tur- right. And, okay. I, and, and the other note is, I use dry extract. I don't use liquid extract. Oh, okay. All right. right. So you've you've added the honey. You've turned the the, the flame off on the kettle. Um, are you adding it while it's still hot like that because you want to sanitize a little bit or? What's the purpose of that so point in the process? Both both reasons, right? So one is dump it in while it's at, at boiling temperature, right? So now I know that this, the honey is actually pasteurized, so it's not going to carry anything over that might infect the beer while it's fermenting. Okay. And also, I don't want to actually boil off any of the flavors, so that's why I cut the heat. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, ch- coming from a honey guy, everybody's got their own <laughs> thing about oh, when to put it in. You put it in cold, you put it in hot. Uh, it, the proof's in the pudding here because this is nice. Yeah. Well, that's the Hatfield and McCoy kind of argument, right? Yeah. I mean, you got you got the the boil camp and you got the don't boil camp, right? Okay. In in, in the mead world, I mean, if you want to call it the industry, there's yeah. a, there's like a nascent industry anyway. But you've, you've got people that boil and people that don't. Mm-hmm. And, okay. And you can't argue with either side because you'll lose. Do you get along with the people that boil or do you hate them? I, I, I actually hate them really, really we, bad. We fight every time we see each other. <laughs> That's what everyone's have, yeah, actually going on in the in the, for, or in the chat room right now. Are they? Yeah. Talking really? about that? They're talking about because yeah, people are like, oh, how do I do this? How do we do that? And people say, oh, you add it at, at the boil and they, people say, well, you should boil a little bit and people say, oh, add it after chilling and they're going back and forth. It's pretty funny. Nice. You can't add the honey after chilling. You can't. Absolutely not, you're saying. No, because it'll sink to the bottom of your fermenter. It won't dilute and, and get into right. the fluid. And, well, in the five-gallon bucket, you can sit there and roll it around and shake it or something. But if you've got a 500-gallon or a 1,000-gallon you know, batch in the back, you, you can't roll you, that around. You, you, you put the honey in the bottom of that thing, it's going to sink to the bottom. Okay. And it will not ferment. So it has to at least be at a you know, hot temperature at, so that it... At least someplace where you can actually stir it or you know pump the whirlpool through it and actually mix it. Right? Yeah. Well, now, the, part, the the second part of what you said is really, by the way, I'm easily influenced, so I'm already a, a post-boil guy, uh, just because Mike <laughs> has said it. Uh, but y- you, you said the other part of, of doing it is to not lose that honey aroma, and that makes a lot of sense to me. It's the same as why uh, I'll put my uh, one-minute hops of my boil, I put them in at flame out, and I cover the kettle. Yep. Now, so that brings me to what I wanted to ask you. When you put in the honey at flame out, cover the kettle? Like yeah, it's closed lid, sure. Closed lid. So closed we lid. would do that as homebrewers. Yours is probably closed almost all the time anyway. Yeah. Um, but but you would. You close it up and keep those volatiles in there. Yeah, absolutely. Because you remember, they're oils, right? The, the bees are flying around. They're collecting all this nectar out of flowers, right? There's natural oils in those flowers that are collected as part of the nectar. Okay. Right? If you boil it and boil it and boil it and just keep boiling it all day long, you're going to lose everything. All you're going to have is sugar, all right? right? You want to keep those – I mean – yeah, I'm not, I've got I've got one particular mead that's made out of that honey specifically, the one that's in the in the beer de meal, mm-hmm. and it is when you taste it, it is just orange, right? And the reason it is so orangey is because of both the honey and because it's not boiled. Okay, 
All right. I want to try another one, if we could try the next one on the line there. And while we're doing that, um, I, 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 let's keep going through the process. So sure. now you've added the honey, yep. and uh, what do you do next? So you've added the honey, right? Now you've got everything sort of blended in there. Then, you know, in my case, you just uh, you start pumping the liquid within the kettle, right, through the whirlpool, right? So you basically got a pipe that comes in the front. You pump it from the bottom out. It spins it around, right? Yeah. So... We're going to collect any of the trube on the bottom of the tank from the grains that are left over or any of, like, because we all add in, uh, like, a, a Irish moss, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to MrMalty.com, you can build this kind of a thing at home for you. It's Jamil's uh, Whirlpool Chiller, and yeah. we do the same thing at home, exactly. so there that's what so he's so talking about. In, in our case, it's just a simple Whirlpool, right, because we, yeah. have a sep- we have a separate heat exchanger that we use after the fact. Right? Yeah. Uh, JP and I were looking in the uh, boil kettle, looking at your Whirlpool. So we got yeah. secrets now. Exactly. Right. So, so, <laughs> we, so we know things. So what we'll do is we'll basically we'll we'll whirlpool it. Okay. Right. Then we'll let it settle for about two or three hours. Right. Once it's settled for about two or three hours, all the solids, any of those proteins or anything that's kind of in the tube, will settle out in a little pile in the middle. Right. Then we take it, we pump that liquid through the wort chiller mm-hmm. into one of the fermenters in the back. Right. And then we'll we'll chill it down until it's about sixty-five, sixty-eight degrees. Once it goes into the tank, it'll get pumped into the tank through the wort chiller, and then will be oxygenated on the fly. Right, so we'll actually inline inline oxygenation. Yeah. Right. Okay. So now you've got a you've got a wort that's in the in the fermenter. It's already oxygenated. All you have to do is add the yeast. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we'll have already previously started the yeast to make a you know, starter batch of yeast from you know three or four liters. We'll turn it into about five gallons in the starter. What's your starting gravity on this one? On this one here, you can go play um, if you need to. You're huh? still talking about the first one? No, yeah, we're talking originally. The, uh, the first one. Still talking about the first one. Sorry, yeah. So, well, the original, the, the final gravity is about uh, probably you know, 1.09. Right. Right. And but, then, you, but you've transferred to the fermenter, so I want to yeah. know what your gravity, you know, before you throw in. And, and what you did was Kolsch yeast, right? Right, Kolsch yeast. Yeah. And this is why I'm asking, because I think, uh, you know, people maybe think they have to use a specific mead yeast, but you use the Kolsch yeast. No, no, God, no. In it's fact, so, you know, if you... If, Think about it, right? What are the three biggest influencing factors in anything that you brew, right? It's going to be me. The, well, of course, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the brewer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Bad influence. Right. Oh, yeah, good, good influences, right? Uh, gotcha. It's going to be you know the grains you use, yeah, the hops you use, and, and the, the yeast. yeast you use, right? And then maybe after that, the water you use, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of breweries will go off to these bizarre extremes, and they'll say, okay, I'm going to take the water, I'm going to run it through reverse osmosis, and then I'm going to add. Mi- minerals back into it to make it look like you yeah. know, Burton on Trent. Right. Oh, you right. mean Doc? Yeah. They mean. That, we know those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I that. Uh, tap water. Yeah. Okay. Sunnyvale water is actually pretty darn good. Hetch right. Hetchy Reservoir is pretty awesome. Yeah, I use the same. All the San Francisco well, we, brewers don't yeah, touch their water exactly. either. Exactly. No. Why, why, why would I? Right. I mean, I had my water analyzed. I had, you know, chemical companies around the corner test everything. And then I go look online. I find out what the water was like in different places around the world to mimic what it is that I'm looking for. And you know what? It's there. It's pretty darn close already. I usually use it more as a, to brew different kinds of beer. So I, from one extreme to another. And that's, okay. that's where I build right. my water more. I don't, I don't mimic uh, different cities. Okay. I, 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 I brew uh, my beer if the water is for that kind of beer. Right. One I'm, extreme to another. Yeah, I'm making Sunnyvale beer. There you go. <laughs> well, good enough. I want to be, fa- be famous for making it's your own braggots in Sunnyvale. Well, good. Like, Again, Hetchy water is, is really soft. It's 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 snow melt water. Yeah, absolutely right. It's perfect water. Yeah, it's like that water from that other mountain further east. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. So, but we're talking about you know the yeast because you're saying that you can use this cold yeast, and it's one of your most important ingredients here. So, forgetting about the water, here we are in our fermenter, and I'm thinking that the that the gravity is higher on this, but I guess not. If it ends up at 4.2 percent alcohol, it's the same gravity as a, as you would do a Kolsch, right? It is. It's, it's it's exactly the same as the Kolsch. Yeah. Right. So think about it. Right. The only thing you're doing is replacing some of the fermentable sugars. Yeah. Okay. Right? So and, that, and, and that's the case with all of the braggots. There's no difference, right? It's not like I'm going to take a regular, you know, Kolsch recipe and add more honey to it, and now it's like, oh my god, it's a seven percent alcohol Kolsch. Right. So he's probably looking at like mid forties, yeah. probably down to an oh nine. Okay. Do I have to tell you all my secrets? <laughs> I'm, I'm just paraphrasing. Yeah, it, it, and the same firm temperature as a Kolsch too. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So two stage fermentation, right? So the first stage of the fermentation is you know fermented a little warm for the first 24 hours, right? Just so the yeast gets going, then reduce the temperature, right? So now you've done maybe started at 70, 75, kind of in that range, right? Because Kolsch is really a top fermented ale yeah. lager beer thing. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those weird beers, right? Yeah. So. Take that, and then the second day, once you've got like a nice, good, frothy head on, right? You're boiling, it's krausing, you got a great thing going. It's going great, yeah. Crank the temperature down. Drop it down to 65, right? How fast do you do that? Overnight, it's basically, it'll take whatever time it takes to go from 300 gallons at uh, 72, 73 with the chiller in the tank. Okay. It takes about five, six hours, right? It'll be... That's still pretty fast. It's pretty quick, right? Okay. I mean, maybe, maybe you can't do that as a home brewer, right? We probably could. Oh, chill people, tanks. A lot of people like think that. about shocking the the yeast, but if nah. if you got it going so good at seventy two and it's just going nuts, uh, you got a lot of healthy yeast. You're probably right. not going to shock them out right. so and, bad. And that's because. what I was talking about before. And I've I've talked about this before when you're making mead, right? In general, right? If think about it, right? If I've got a pile of sugar sitting on the table in front of me, and I've got two ants, it's going to take those two ants, you know, months yeah. to, to basically remove all that sugar. If I've got a pile of sugar and I've got a million ants, it's going to be much faster. Same, yeah. thing, same thing with the yeast. If it costs you an extra dollar fifty to throw that extra packet of yeast in there, do it. Right. Right. You'll be much happier. Can we talk about that or all the time? Or yeast starter, too. something to get them. Really yeah. B- going. Yeah. Build a yeast. That's what I do. I take a two or three liter, you know, batch of yeast, and I make my own starter turn into five gallons, and I dump that five gallons into the primary. Into how many gallons are you dumping it into? About three hundred. Okay. All right, five gallons into 300. Yeah, so that's what? That's three times five is 15 liters. Right? I'm going to throw five gallons into my 10-gallon batch next week. Heck yeah. <laughs> Give it a go. You'll, you'll have two. Where are you going to get that? It's going to make a starter. Right, exactly. A big, fat starter. Yeah. Big old fat. F- I've got a carboy I could do a five-gallon starter in. You don't have the wherewithal to get up early done. and do that. Sure I do. Okay. Yeah, he has Chad. I can start in the middle of the night and brew 10 days later. Start the day You're talking about, Doc. Stop patronizing me. You I've been e- around a little while. You did email me at 310 last night. That's different. I think so. <laughs> I'll email yeah, you no, again. Nor- normally for my starter, I'll do it the day before. Yeah. You start it the day before. Just, you know, yeah. get, it, get it going until it's going nicely, and then just put it sitting aside. Uh, what about yeast uh, nutrients and things? No, don't use any of those. Because it's uh, malt-based? Yeah, it's all malt. Malt's good. It, it, I've never had a problem fermenting any of these things. I mean, most of the times fermenting mead you might have problems you might have to add nutrients you know uh, know, like nitrogen stuff like diammonium phosphate or you might have to add you know other things to get the yeast going like go firm but yeah generally malt it's good enough malt is good right and I'm only going 25 to 45 percent of the sugars as honey anyway once you get a good I mean the key for me anyway is having a good starter right once I get that starter going there's nothing going to stop that thing from fermenting out Okay. All right. All right. What about this second bracket that we have here? So the second one you're drinking is my is my honey red. It's kind of a 
don't know, it's, it's kind of a play on an Irish red style ale. It's kind of a little nut browny kind of quality to it as well. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is about 5% alcohol. It's uh, fermented with an Irish ale yeast, uh, standard two-row malt, and uh, uh, roasted barley. Was this a partial mash also? This is a partial mass as well. Okay. Right. So, uh, same thing as, uh, I mean, I went from doing extract on my stove to a partial mash where I would steep grains like you were talking about and then add uh, extract after. You're doing the same thing with this one? It's uh, almost identical, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the only difference is the scale. And this is a darker uh, SRM than the first uh, brag yeah, that we had? Yeah, this is about probably 16, 17. Is that from yeah. your steeping grains or from your that's, honey? That's from steeping the grains. Right? Okay. This is roasted barley. All right. Very nice. And then this particular one has a uh, wildflower honey in it. Yeah, so, you, you get a lot of honey, and it, it really—you're talking about the English part of it. It's it's, uh, the, it's like a really light English barley wine. Yeah, so it's probably from the hops, right? A lot of lot of hops, a lot of English style mm-hmm. hops in it. Like, yeah. but it, it's it's got that kind of sweet caramely. Yeah, you could serve this at a brewery. And call it a beer. You could describe it just like you did, where it's sort of this brown amber ale, and most people drinking it would not know that there is honey in this. Everybody that walks in my tasting room, if you don't tell them what it is, they don't know the difference. Yeah, I mean, it does have sweet characters. You would call it a right. malty beer. You'd call it a sweeter beer, but you wouldn't guess that it's honey. Right. Just tell them it's an English style beer. Yeah. Which I think I prefer is, to say Irish because I'm from. <laughs> but anyway, is this again? Twenty five percent of the fermentables are from honey. This one's twenty five. Yeah. Okay. The next two that we talk about are going to be in the forty, forty five, fifty range. Okay. So you're getting more into a, to the the mead characteristics yeah. than the beer. Okay. What, what, and what kind of honey was in this? This is a wildflower honey from Oregon. Okay. What's your break point when you? Go from calling it a braggot to a mead. Is it the fifty percent point? If, if it's got malt in it, I call it a braggot. Okay. okay. I don't care if it's got two percent, one percent. Have 50%. you experimented with more? I have. How up to what? Oh, I've gone as far as probably ninety, ninety-five percent honey and the honey. Little yeah, but they don't come out the same. They're just totally different. Then they're really kind of. Can meat. you even tell then that there's malt uh, in it? You can. You, the okay. color is a little different. You get this kind of malty, kind of weird quality to it. Yeah, but. The flavor's not there. It's not what you're. It's not really what I'm looking for, right? So I'm, basically, don't go there. You did. You can if you want. I mean, it's up to you. I mean, well, someone's going to do it. I've experimented. I've probably done thousands of different batches of different things. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a nut job when it comes well, I, to I like experimental pushing the envelope batches. to the point where you know how much can we put yeah, in? Doc, it? you should come over here sometime come and, and do, do a couple of five gallon batches yeah, with me. Definitely. There's a. Uh, some roast character in this too. That's JP, roast. are you picking that up? Uh, I am, yeah, definitely. And it's uh, what I think is I want to know how you get it so smooth because a problem we talk about all the time when we want to put roast in beer is that you could do it too much. It can be harsh on your palate. Right. Uh, this is really smoothed out. I, I'm thinking maybe it's the honey, but no, but, or you just roast, not use roasted too much? barley. It's just, just the roasted basically five percent of the grist is roasted barley. I only put it in. In, it's basically, heat your water up, bring it up to 150, 155 degrees, toss in a bag full of uh, roasted barley, whichever amount equals whatever batch you're doing, okay. and just let it sit there and let it soak. Pull it out 45 minutes later, yeah. then you're golden. Yeah, you get a lot of color. You, you get L- the color. A little, little yeah, bit of flavor. Exactly, right. But you don't it's want... Really nice. It's, it's if, not acrid by any means. Yeah, exactly. No. Okay. If you leave it too long, it's going to be burnt, acrid, and you're going to throw it out. Yeah, see, and that's what I meant. But there's even sometimes, even in, in small quantities, you still get a little bit of that rough edge. This has no rough edge. It's really kind of no. English brown to me is what I'm thinking of as I taste it. And uh, but Irish brown. Yeah, point really, sorry, five, Irish point, brown. Point four right. five micron filtration helps, too. Oh, really? So after the fact, you're still... Yeah. How does that help get away that, the I harshness? Think it, well, I think probably... It, it, because it's submicron, right? It strips out some of the... Maybe a little bit of the bitterness, mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's an interesting Makes concept, yeah. 
We you, we can do that at home, right? We'd have to we'd have to point exper- five micron. Can we do that at home? Doc? Yeah, yes, yeah. you can. Yeah, you can at home. Chat just not, got himself a new uh, plate filter, right? Yeah. He those, hasn't he hasn't used it yet though. One of those little jobbies. Yeah, the little it's guys. A flat plate, like a plate. plastic yeah. uh, hexagon Did or you something. Get it replaced yet? It's still broken. Yes. No, you got a new one. <laughs> yeah. You borrow mine. It's <laughs> come by here with our five gallons to be done in like two seconds. No, no actually, everything you, you, everything gets sucked exactly. Right. You, do, you, you do a five gallon batch; it goes into the machine, nothing comes out. Oh, so just oh you all get the, sucked right into You need the at plates. least fifteen gallons to even get anything out. Oh. is yours uh, a plate? Yeah, plate and frame. Is plus, I have uh, I have got the cartridge filtration as well. Oh, okay, kind of so, sounds like Chad's girlfriend. <laughs> got to put fifteen gallons in to get anything out. <laughs> just to get anything out. Sounds like a car I had. I don't get it, but it sounds disgusting. Uh, no, like not, you got to feed her really. a lot of beer. Oh, that's what, I, that's what I got. That's not yeah. disgusting. I it's see. just no. normal. <laughs> you, want to, you want to explain it a little more? Yeah, I can draw a picture. That's all right. Let's <laughs> carry on. There's a picture right there. Schumann was drawing me pictures of penises earlier and handing them off. Apparently, he wasn't too excited about the interview. He's handing me penis pictures. So I have to tell my kids if Suck you're listening. You, if you're listening right now, please turn it off. Oh yeah, sorry. Did I say penis? I meant uh, pens. He was Pen, drawing pens, me pens. Pens, right? Yeah. Uh, are there four brackets altogether? Yeah, I have four. So, so let's, let's try. Let's go for number three, um, Chad. If you can get that ready for us, we'll we'll finish with this one. Four. Um, so the first one you had was the beer de meal, right? So it's styled after Kolsch. Okay. The second one is you know what I would say is styled after kind of an Irish kind of ale, right? You, you might say English ale, but you know if you want if you looked at it and you tasted it and nobody told you what it was. You'd, you'd call it a you'd, beer. You'd, you'd probably call it a beer. You'd probably call it kind of a you know a brown ale, maybe yeah. kind yeah. of a you know just, just, it's, it's, very, it's an ale, right? A very British kind of brown ale, standard ale, is what I would call it, right? Yeah. The next one that you're having, um, we don't have on tap at the moment because I just actually the next batch is going to be on tap on Tuesday, but so we're going to pour it out of the bottle. So it's bottle condition, so it might have a little bit of a cidery kind of quality to it because of the sugar that was used for for bottle conditioning. Is this the one with the Narnia guy on the cover? He's not really a Narnia guy. He's more of a devil, but yeah. So if 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 you kind of Narnia, he's got like the you know like the the beast legs, but the man face. He's called a devil. Is, is oh, it, isn't it yeah. Faust or something? Faust. Isn't that I think it's crazy bitch. Right. So he's he's he's. he's <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. So he's the devil, right? So there's okay. there's uh, if you look at in Irish, right? I'm originally from Ireland, so I was looking to make a Belgian style ale. I'm I'm very partial to you know Belgians. Okay. Not not just Belgians, but the Belgian beers too. But and uh, so one of the things I wanted to make was a Belgian Golden Strong Ale. So I said, okay, how can I make a Belgian Golden Strong Ale that's still a mead? Well, I can do it by adding a pile of honey, right? Instead of all the Belgian candy sugar. So I took a recipe that I've been working on for a while that had a lot of Belgian candy sugar in it, and I pulled half of it out and I replaced it with honey. Okay, so, so you didn't replace it, it all. You still so used it exactly. You yeah. have to have that Belgian candy sugar in okay. there because there's kind of a molassesy quality that so, you want to keep. So use the dark candy sugar, right? So most kind of golden strong ales like this won't use dark candy yeah. sugar, right? Because it's too dark for the color. Hey, I saw can... you trying to offer me the the little nuggets, <laughs> and, and, and I thought you would be handing me the, the that's an amber ones. Yeah, and you it's handed me the amber ones. Amber, and right. you said you used it in this, and this is not a dark beer. No, so because the honey that's in this is the orange blossom honey as well, right? So that keeps the color light, right? But I've got the Belgian candy sugar kind of quality in there, that molasses mm-hmm. kind of quality still there, right? So instead of having, we'll say, you know, 30 pounds in the batch of, of you know, of, of braggot that I make, I'll take the 30 pounds and I'll drop it down to five of candy sugar and I'll replace the rest of it with honey, right? So in a 300-gallon batch, you're talking about, you know, 45 pounds of candy sugar, 
you know, 80, 90 pounds of honey, right? And the rest of it's malt. And then Belgian yeast, Belgian hops, Belgian grains, right? This is a full mash, right? So the trick for me doing a full mash is I don't have a brew kettle that has a manway door on the front. Yeah, I noticed that. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> so what I have to do is I have to use my big fermenter, which has a manway door on the front, and use that as a mash tun. So I'll empty that out. Hopefully I have space to put all the mead that was in there. And I'll basically take the grains, I'll dump them all in there, climb up the ladder, pour in these big 50-pound bags of grains, drop them in the bottom. I'll boil up six, 700 gallons of water. I'll put half of it into uh, one of the other fermenters just to keep it there as just, you know, barge water. Keep the rest of the water boiling and then basically sparge it over the grains and then rinse it out and then just keep recycling it until it's coming clear. All right, once it starts coming clear... Dump it all in the brew kettle, and then I get to shovel the grains out of the fermenter. Man, I'm tired just listening to that. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I originally designed this place to do just mead. Yeah. Right. right? And now you're having to brew beer. Brew beer. Right? Yeah. So, so once you start dealing with the grains, you got to start thinking about what are you going to do with the grains when you're done. JP, what uh, flavors are you picking up out of this? Uh, did you I, not get one yet? No, I got one. Oh. It, um, I, I definitely taste. Uh, it's kind of orange, tart, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, you know, obviously from the dry, honey. very dry. It is dry. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I like it. It's almost like a, uh, it just almost smells like orange juice. Yeah, you know, to so to you, a certain extent. You, you got the bottom of the bottle too. I, it, it's the you second did. time. It looks this, like it. You did this that last second, time too. This is the second <laughs> fucking taste I've had. <laughs> it's the bottom. And it's of the, the bottle. second time I've gotten the bottom of the bottle. And each time I'm going, look at how surprised he is. Is this just like a mimosa or what the hell's going on? You but can't no. be shocked about that. Chad just sucks. <laughs> Oh, that, that's why. Oh. You, oh, here you get the dregs. Yeah. yeah, I think Mike just went to get another bottle. Yeah, he's going to hook you up. Not a good bottle. Yeah, All you got to do is bitch. You, <laughs> you get a whole new oh, bottle hey. out of it. Oh, look at this. Now I might now <laughs> I might get a T-shirt if I bitch enough. <laughs> yeah. No, you got to get the it, special shirt. Oh, nice. So he, you know, he mentioned that this is kind of in the tradition of a Belgian uh, Golden Strong, right? Which is and definitely I get, is, so yeah. that yeah. dryness. It definitely has. You know, it's it's dry like a Devel. I like mm. that. It's a little darker than a Devel in color, but not too much. Much more tart. But that's what I mean. And so when you smell it, uh, when you smell a Devel, you kind of get that Belgian yeast aroma. You, you still get yeah. some of that out of it. Oh yeah. But on this, you get. You get a honey aroma. You get yep. that sweet honey aroma. But it doesn't taste the same, I think, as it smells. When you taste it, it almost goes back to a, a Belgian Golden Strong. So isn't so that better without the yeast? It's it, sweeter. It smells 100% different. <laughs> you didn't it, get the dregs this time. I'm like smelling it, and I get it literally smelled like like orange juice and yeah. kind of tart. But this this Just does not. This smells exactly like a Belgian beer. I, I wasn't getting those uh, phenols than I was before. That's a good beer. It's a little cold to kind of want Good brag it, I guess. See, this is yeah, what I, I taste tasty. these, and I'm just so inclined to say this is a good beer <laughs> because they're so beer-like. But I, but on this one, I do notice the honey more than I do on the Kolsch, for so, example. Yeah, you will because there's a lot more of it in there. Okay, gotcha. Right. Uh, it, it's definitely more acidic, uh, which which really helps dry it out, too. Right. Well, the other thing to remember, though, is that there was there was actual you know, corn sugar added to it because this was bottle conditioned. Right. right? Yeah. So you get kind of some of those... You know, cidery Cider, kind of qualities yeah. to it, right? Which is actually kind of what I'm looking for in the bottle, right? On tap, it's a little bit different, right? Then you like you get the you know, the example I use with people is, well, people that like bottled Guinness don't like draft Guinness, yeah. right? What do you like better uh, out, out, out of these two? Uh, you, brunettes. You keep, you keep teasing me with the fact uh, that it's going to be here on Tuesday, but uh, it, it's, with in the draft. Big, it's in the big tank in the back. You can have some, but it's not carbonated yet. Doc doesn't care about yeah. that. You want to try yeah. it? 
He's okay. like a garbage disposal at this point in the show. <laughs> Give it to him. Right, I'll, I'll be back in a second. No, hang on. Hold up. Hey, right. We're going to break it. We can do that. All right, okay. We'll do that. Uh, I wanted to ask, Peter, you have a bottling question here. I, but was it a bottle conditioning question or just bottling in general? But we could probably cover this because this is the first braggot that we've had from you now that you've put in the bottle. Right. Um, which I think is interesting, and it's got the devil guy on it. I had written that for uh, Pete just handed it to you because he's doing Chad's job. Ah, yeah. So, so, um, so, so I have the question. Oh, it's your question. Oh. Yeah, it's from the chat. Okay, uh, it's, just re- it's really long. Yeah, yeah. It's from Philly Beer Geek. Okay, he goes. Uh, <coughs> wow. <laughs> question for the mead maker. Once you get to that segment, I usually find my meads. I usually find my meads, but I made an alfalfa show mead and dry hopped with two ounces of cousin. And was worried about fining messing with the extract from the cousin, so I just bottled it today. Anyway, I need to know if chilling the bottles after carving will help them clear. Mike, you know he's talking about with the cousin, uh, the cousin of hops. Hop cousin. He's talking about weed. He put some weed in his, in oh, his meat. Oh, yeah, okay, right. He put a well, bunch I of can't tell you. I, weed mead. But, so, but weed that's meat. not the question anyway. No, I just the, want to make the, sure you understood. Yeah, it's the, a the, clarification the, question. Yeah. yeah. So um, it would really depend on whether or not they're positively charged or negatively charged uh, ions in that particular thing that he put in it. Okay. Really? Was that no? You know, that's a real answer. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it is. So that, that's going to d- determine. Not, that will determine whether or not you use something like bentonite I or see. whether you or use something gelatin. like gelatin. Okay. Right. I had no idea. So it might not work you if, he, if he carbonates, then chills them. They may not. They uh, may not. They chill, may not chill them. Chill them for like five or six weeks, maybe at yeah. like really super low temperature. Not everything okay. drops out. So. True. Right. That's why I was going to say. Bentonite, Just gelatin. shut up and drink it. <laughs> Close your eyes. That never happens. Cl- Close your eyes. Yeah. We have a lot of questions. Okay. Uh, no, I just mean no one's going to shut up and drink it. They're going to keep asking questions about how we do it. Okay, we're, good we're, enough. We're not, we're not and could you send us thing. an example of that cousin uh, mead that you made uh, <laughs> for Tasty and Chat to uh, chill e- it really evaluate good. Yeah. professionally? We will chill it. Yeah, we'll there's a you. motorcycle bar in Amsterdam that I know that has some. Really? Yeah. I think we still have... Uh, Half a weeds in in our uh, fridge, don't we? The only one who's tried it is Crazy Bitch, and she's she broke up with you. Is that medicinal beer? She's not around anymore. She lost it. It was so crazy. Um, <laughs> she went nuts. Chad, Chad, don't we still have some of the XXX? Yes. Yes. That's a medicinal beer. Yes. Yes. yes it, Go ahead, Jake. I got another one, too. Uh, extract. From Phil. I don't know if it's Phil Brazil or not. But okay. He, he said, my mead froze after it fermented out, but I still haven't transferred it. Do I have anything to worry about? Oh, you might as well just throw it away or just send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's frozen? Um, I, apparently, it sounded like it froze while it was in the carboy or something, then I, it thawed out. And he just hasn't transferred so it yet. So stop fermenting frozen or frozen as in it's you got Antarctica. Me. You got me. It Probably it after froze ferment. It froze it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? If you, I've ice, had I've ice. had I've had meads that stop fermenting, and you know, six months later they restart. Really? Just all on their own. Without you doing yeah. anything to it? Nothing. Just leave it there. They'll do their own thing. Or that gonna, can't be normal. That's a wild it's, yeast it's, or something, right? No. It's, it, you leave the thing sealed. It's just it's just time, right? Really? Yeah. It's really weird. I've had I mean, some it, of the happen. greatest Polish meads in the world. Interesting. Take ten years to ferment. No kidding. I, I and, ferment. Chris, Chris Graham is like, oh shit, look at that. Under, under the the stairwell, it's a mead that he forgot. Like I don't know, two years ago. <laughs> See, this is why I don't like these kinds of things because to me, stuff either happens or it doesn't happen, and it, it bothers me all the stuff in between. Yeah. Really, there, and there's no reason. It just you never know. None. None. Wow. You know, in, it's in, biological. In the, in, exactly. In the commercial world, you want to be able to predict exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. All the time, right? right. Otherwise, you end up with things that are under the staircase that you have to leave there for five or six years. Yeah. Right? Polish meads 
are kind of an exception to that rule, I think, because they actually purposely go out and try and make meads that are going to take five or six or ten years to ferment. Okay. Because they're doing things like one part honey, one part water, where it's really almost an impossibility for that to ferment. Okay. Right? You're talking about something that's 35 bricks fermenting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't ferment overnight. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course. Well, I get that, but but also then it, it you know in most cases you'd expect it to consistently. Maybe it's going to take a couple years, right? But, but it's still it. a consist a consistent progression. Right, but you can't measure it, right? And so mm. somebody sitting at home making a mead, yeah. that's stuck may yeah. may not be stuck. It's just sitting there taking a star and sweet time. Okay, it wouldn't last at your house. Right. Fucking lazy mediation. Yeah. I would just take it and I would actually blend it back with something else that actually had a higher alcohol content that actually already fermented. Ah, okay. So that you don't have to look at it here for five years in the back of your metery. It's called blending. Yeah, yes. I, I can't waste the tank space. Yeah, of course not. All right. Uh, may we take a break and get ready for... Uh, we're ready for brag at number four, right? Uh, yes. And and I think that this is the one that impressed me so much. It's what I started with. Yeah. I, I skipped one, two, and three when I got <laughs> right, here. Yeah, you went straight to the fourth one, right? <laughs> Which I, 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 yeah, that's a I've been known to do that. Yeah. Right. So, the, yeah, the last one we had was the Diavel, which is sort of the Irish word for devil, right? So kind of a play on the whole, you know, Duvel kind of the thing. The one that we've just finished. Okay, yeah. right. And and this one in, in the bottle is available uh, yeah. online? Yeah, on, online or in some stores around the Bay Area. Oh, okay. Rabbitswoopmeter.com. Like, how about the BevMo and things like that? Yeah, BevMo, Whole Foods. Yep. They do. You bet. Good on you, man. That's a good uh, account That's you got going. That's a good going. contract. Nice work, buddy. Sweet. How do you pronounce it again? Well, it, actually, if you're pronouncing it in Irish, it would be jowl. Jowl. Right. Okay. Like that thing on your... Uh, Jowl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, thing, that thing on your face, right? Yeah. yeah if, if you're pronouncing it in kind of American English Irish, it would yeah. be kind of just Diavol, right? Uh, yeah, Diablo. Yeah. The devil. Yeah. I say just pick right. up the Narnia dude. Right. Well, as, as, as I was saying earlier, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a twist on sort of the whole, I'm from Ireland. Yeah. I like Belgian beers. So I make a Belgian beer in America, name it after the devil, and then I've got a friend of mine who's shipping it to Ireland. So it's kind of... Wow. To people that can't pronounce it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you roll a 20-sided die, and uh, <laughs> next thing you know... <laughs> yeah, it's the Fist of Emmerichal. Right? <laughs> oh. I don't yeah. know what that is, but I know it's got to be. Yeah. Uh, you know exactly yeah. what it is, JP. You've looted the dungeon. You get the golden goblet of Arathion. <laughs> Yeah, I could tell you some more stories about that. <laughs> Quick break and our fourth braggot. Uh, if you've got questions, get into JP in the chat room. Hit the chat now button. Live from Rabbit's Foot Meadery in Sun- Sunnyvale, California. Rabbit'sFootMeadery.com. We'll be right back. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. And the new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More more Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. 
Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. by all this stuff. Exactly. It's so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Dude. Put some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Welcome back to the program. Still broadcasting live from Rabbit's Foot Meadery here in Sunnyvale, California. You can go to rabbitsfootmeadery.com. You still probably have time to come down and sample something, or maybe you're already on your way. I don't know. Talked to a uh, listener last night, uh, Slinky. You guys know Slinky. Critical. He uh, he listens to the program streaming live on his mobile phone. Really? Uh, which I didn't know if the bandwidth would be good enough. But I guess if you listen on the low band stream, our 24K stream, you can get it on your 3G-enabled mobile phone. You can just tune in driving down the street. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, so my point is, uh, you don't have to miss any of the show. If you got a phone, you can still head down here, grab yourself some mead before the end of the program, or some braggot, which 
which is what we're really talking about, and uh, check it all out. I think we'll be here for a while. It could happen. I hope your wife is your wife expecting a home soon, Mike. No, she has friends over. Oh, so you're good. Oh, you got a barbecue, man. I'm good to go. We're ordering. all going over there, right? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Ordering pizza soon. See all sorts of craziness happening. Ah. Rabbitsfootmeadery.com. And then also, uh, we, we are still getting mead questions. I, I, I do want you guys to refer back to the first show because we covered just almost everything mead in that first one, especially uh. if you've never made a batch before. So go back to that. We talk about yeast nutrients. We talk about all the different honeys to use. We talk about everything. So just search the archives. It's back in 06. Punch in mead and click the search button, and you'll find Mike's first show. Um, for this show, we're, we're, we're talking about braggots. So uh, I will ask some of your mead questions I have in front of me, but if they're more uh, uh, braggot-oriented, we'll definitely get those answered today with Mike because that's what we're doing. I have one. No, you don't have this. Me more. Is this the one that's this out of the fermenter? Oh, yeah. yeah, so that's the that's the one that just came straight out of the fermenter. It's the difference between the bottle conditioned and what comes straight out of the keg. So uh, you're not gonna get minus the, the CO2. Right. You're not going to get that uh, hey, prime, use that priming microphone, sugar. Right. Gonna, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to get the priming sugar kind of tartness to it. So try. Right. The, and you're not going to get um, the carbonation lift either. But you, you can tell just the base beer on this one. It, it's right. just awesome. That's the, basically the true character of everything yeah. that's in it, I guess. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Not diluted by anything there. That is a very different beer. But you get all of those same characteristics. They're all just accentuated. Yeah. Nothing diluted. Yeah. My, there. Minus that cidery quality from the corn sugar from bottle fermentation. Yeah. Although it smells a little cidery. The aroma is a little different. But it doesn't taste like it. Uh, JP needs... I had some. You th- try that Right too? off of the... Yeah, uh, Pete's glass. Uh. Yeah. Well, that's Pete's glass. Yeah, that's very nice. It is so. It is really different. Too. It is, and it's nice to to see the different dimensions. Yeah. Well, plus you have to remember that's maybe two weeks old, right? And then what's in the bottle has been conditioning for six months. Okay. All right. Awesome. So now we're on bracket number four, Bragg- which is your which, favorite. Which for me was bracket number one earlier right. today. And uh, what is this called? And, and what is it? So <laughs> the the name of it is Hell. Awesome. H e l. Right. Hell. Hell. Hell is the uh, Norse, or was, I guess, maybe still is, the Norse goddess of the underworld. Right. So in Norse mythology, she was the ruler of the place that we all refer to today as hell. So, okay. Okay. Don't think of it. When I saw it on uh, your BN tap Studios. over there, it's a hell. And I think in Hellas. And I'm thinking light, uh, SRM, everything. This is not. This is like no. a, this looks like a Schwartz beer. Yeah. So, so this is basically my take on a, uh, a saison, right? Oh yeah, you so could, just you, the nose. Yeah, you got coriander, you got orange uh, peel, you got Belgian candy it's, it's, sugar. It's, it's just gingery. Yeah, you yeah. got the wild mountain honey, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got just the, the regular malts that you would have in a regular saison, the regular hops that you would have. But I envision a saison much lighter than this is. Well, that's my take on a saison. Okay, right? I right. like I like the qualities of saison where you've got that coriander and orange peel kind of spiciness to it, right? But I wanted to have something that was a little bit kind of you know going to last a lot longer. Throw it in a bottle. It'll last for a couple of years. You could age it. I mean, I have no idea what this is going to do in two years. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm excited to try that, actually. It'll be completely different, won't it? Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it's very Saison. Right. This it, is 10% uh, alcohol, though. Most typical Saisons are 7, 8, yeah. right? Uh, and, and they're usually a lot lighter. They don't have the melanoidins that are going to like make them last. Okay. So uh, this one... This one. Right, and this again, this is a full grain mash. Yeah, right. Oh, it is. So this one, yeah. what, the so, other ones were as they were partial mashes. Right. Uh, the first two were partial mashes. The last two are full grain mashes. Okay. Right, and the reason is because I can't get. Well, I suppose if I, if I if I tried, I could get the extract to do what I want to do. But I know that I can make it with full grain, which is what I did before 
when I was doing it as a home brewer. Okay. So these are all recipes that I've made at home for years and years and years that I just kind of scaled up to make it you know, commercial strength. And, and are the fermentables in this 25% honey no. or more? This is, so this is probably 45% of all the fermentables in this come from honey and Belgian candy sugar. Okay. Right, which you can taste. It makes it very light. Yeah. Uh, it's dry. Right? Dry, it's light, it, it goes yeah. down really smooth, but it's got so much character to it. Yeah, and that's from all the hand-peeled oranges, Doc. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> I, you're talking 300-gallon really? batch. Yeah, 50 pounds of oranges in a 300-gallon batch. Do, I'm doing a 20-gallon batch, and I'm like two hours of like, scraping oranges. Yeah, and you need a sharper peeler. And he's talking about, you know. 300 yeah. gallons, and he did it all by hand. Fresh, he said. Yeah, and then I went down to my local Indian store, and I bought myself some fresh coriander yeah. and crushed it myself. Yeah. You did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you are still putting all those things, and then you're using a Saison yeast? Yes, yeah, a Saison you yeast. Yes, yeah, so it's the Y yeast, the brand new uh, Saison yeast. Okay. Yeah. JP, what do you think of this, Braggot? I think it's great. Yeah. The, the nose is uh, um, definitely what Doc was saying. It's very uh, aromatic. And, um, Don't talk to us in your dirty voice. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Just, I like his uh, dirty voice. Yeah. <laughs> he, that means he really likes his beer. I think yeah. his bragging. Yeah, well, ori- no. Originally, we planned on releasing this for Christmas, but it wasn't ready. Oh. Yeah, it took six months. That would be great in Christmas. Yeah, we're going to do another Christmas one. We'll do a Christmas bragging. I'm kind of concerned about the ride home. Yeah? Well, I mean, because it's going to be four dudes in the back of a Shadillac, mm-hmm. super comfy. We were hammered. sweaty on the way up. Yeah, hammered, throwing up on each other, something. Um, I just want to point out, once again, there's a lot of rules. It's not gay if you're drunk. True. And That's it's, very true. It's definitely not gay if you can't remember it tomorrow. Yeah. And you know what? It's not your first time. Human, <laughs> don't get too excited. Yeah. It's absolutely nothing yeah. if you can't remember it's it. Not your, yeah. It's yeah. not your first time if you don't remember yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Schumann, it is gay if you're planning it while you're still sober. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey. Oh, God. There's a lot of rules. You yeah. have to fu- I, I'm writing the handbook now. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, Schumann. Suck it, Schumann. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, uh, what quantities of coriander are you putting in here? So in, in a 300-gallon batch, there's probably about uh, 15 pounds of coriander. How fine are you grinding? I use a coffee, by hand. I use a coffee. Grinder. No, no, no. I just take a I just take a sledgehammer and just mash it in. That's a mammal. That's a mammal. That's a mammal. I gotta say, I'll, at the break, he's showing Schumann his crossbow and swords, and now you're telling me that you're like sledgehammering your coriander. Yeah, you just take in a big bag. You take a sledgehammer. You just just mash, smash it. it up. Right. All, all I'm trying to do is break. My own. My All I'm going to do is break the, the shell. Handmade wow. wooden mallet. Right? Yeah, probably. I, I don't want to turn it into powder. But there's got to be an easier way to do. It. You just do that to be macho. No, I could probably. <laughs> buy, I could probably buy it that way. But you can't get fresh coriander yeah. cracked. I okay. only do it uh, with the coffee grinder because I'm a. I'm lazy and b. Uh, I can use a lot less. But yeah. you end up with a powder, Doc, right? Well, I, I put. I, I, don't, I, I stop it before it goes to powder because I don't want so much coriander in it. Okay. But I, I can use a lot less. Yeah, I just. I, so what I do is I'll just take it and I'll smash it up until it's broken. I want the shells broken. Right. Mm-hmm. Then I'll put it in a grain bag and I'll throw it into the boil. Okay. That's all I do. And then about maybe forty-five minutes later, pull it out because yeah. you can taste it. Right. You just take samples it, it, and taste it. You it. can do. You can overdo the coriander. Oh, easily, really. easily overdo a coriander. So is that how you figured it out? Just by putting a bunch in and tasting it? Yeah, absolutely. As put it in. Went? Put in a pound. Taste it. Put in two pounds. Taste it. Put in three pounds. But taste as it. it's boiling, is that what you said? Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, everything that I've made here is I've started out with home brewer scale stuff. Right. Make a five gallon batch at right. home. Put it in the kettle in the stove. Have it boil over. Have your wife freak out. Whatever. Right. She'd kick you out. Yeah. Well, she hasn't kicked me out yet. Good. Right. That's and, why and you're here. Actually, the reason she hasn't kicked me out is because she loves one of the braggots. Oh, and because you make swords. 
Well, okay. She's <laughs> nervous. She's nervous <laughs> she like I am. To, she knows you... how to wield that. Yeah, she's got, the, she's got the guns, though. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's good. But, no, no, but the thing is, is you, 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 if you do enough experimental batches, you'll ultimately arrive at something that right. you can duplicate. And, and I've told hundreds of people before, take notes. Take meticulous notes. Uh, coriander does a lot of different flavors. It's yeah. not everything's always oh, just some citrus. It's no, not. It's, no, it's, it's bitterness. It's citrus. It's so much cinnamon. T- it's it's kind of it, all kinds of weird qualities in I there. I do get a lot of cinnamon out of it. Yeah. 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 So you taste. You taste. If, I mean, if you tasted this the day that it came out of the brew kettle, you would sit there and kind of go, "Holy crap! There's so much freaking coriander. Yeah. And it's just it's going to overpower it, right?" But what you'll find though is that over time. You know, I've I've tasted this every single week since I made it. I'll bet it just kind of gets <laughs> mellow and mellow yeah. and mellow. Uh, I've over coriander things, <laughs> and and it does mellow out. Yeah. Certain things won't mellow out. You put right. too much of this in that, and it won't mellow out. But coriander will. Yeah. Okay. What about the orange peel? Orange is, peel. Can you put too much of that in? Sure, you could. You could. Yeah, of course. And is that something that will mellow out also? It, coriander and orange peel kind of are, they're kind of in harmony, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like ebony and ivory, right? That song, right? Right. I love this song. Exactly. Can, can you sing <laughs> it? <Chat> and JP. <laughs> JP can. No, but so th- those are two things that will all always mellow out over time. Right? Okay. Orange peel specifically because it's actually a volatile acid, right? So it'll it'll always kind of go up to the top of the tank of the conditioning tank and kind of dissipate until you get to the last glass. Yeah, it's great. That last then, glass is going to be like, bam! Again, right? with the orange juice. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well the, the last keg, if you're doing it in multiple kegs, right? Right. I, I have to say how impressive this braggot is, uh, because it, it really has so many of a nice, like a Belgian double characteristics, plus the Saison characteristics yeah. with the with the spices. But the malt profile, to me, you get a little bit of that melanoid and grape uh, aroma out of it that I really enjoy. Um, and It's from the, the honey, probably. Could come from the honey. But when, that's why when I first tried it, I didn't think you gave me a, a, a braggot at all. I thought you gave me a Belgian a beer. beer. Yeah, it, It's so uh, complex. There's yeah. so many things going on here, and it just everything is just in harmony. And to me, as a as a all right, so I've only ever made beer. Yep. And and even that, it's 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 uh, I call it beer. Others don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I call it lawn fertilizer, but you know. And and while I really enjoy mead, I don't necessarily see myself making a mead or, or necessarily making a braggot. But when I taste this beer, and I realize. Well, all you've really done is replace some of the fermentables, and in some cases, a bunch of the fermentables, mm-hmm. with something else yep. that'll add flavor to it. Well, now I'm really inclined to try that, because now I feel like, okay, I can do a full mash. I can make a beer. I really enjoy that process. Throw some honey in there for 40% of the fermentables. That's a lot of fun to me. Yeah, absolutely. And all of a sudden, it's a brand new type of beer. Right, and not only that, but if you think about it, right, the the cost of the different sugars that you're fermenting yeah. change, right? So. Maybe you found this nice, you know, fifty-pound bucket of honey that tastes really good, and it was cheap. Yeah, right? it's cheaper than the grains. Use, use it. it. Yeah, heck yeah. Now, I really like the idea of making it. See, now, like I said, you made me a fan of mead the last time, um, but I still wasn't necessarily going to go away and make some. I just wanted to come hang out here and drink it with you. Of course. But I have to say, you've you've made me a fan of trying this fermentable. Yeah, well, that's what I think of it as. I, oh, yeah. You can call it making a braggot. That's what it is. But to me, I see I'm just trying a new ingredient. Yeah, braggot, bracket, whatever you want to call it. It's, yeah. it's still. I mean, if you look in the book, it's a mead, right? How fun is that? I, I this one, this last one is just like a awesome saison. Yeah, and it's a good one for us to finish the rest of the evening with well, too, because it's ten percent. It'll chaps driving us home. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's all gonna be fine. Yeah, it's really nice. This one will catch up with you. Yeah. 
Uh, any fermentation techniques? So some people like to uh, uh, ferment their saisons pretty warm, right? Are you doing that with this one? So the first time we actually made this particular recipe, I actually neglected to turn the chiller on. Oops. So, <laughs> oh. so, so the next day I came in and the fermenter was at about 102. You're kidding me. No, it was, really? it was hot. Right? Just free, what, 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 free rise right up to where it wanted to go. Yeah, when you talk about larger batches, right, you get wow. one, one degree increase per hour, right? What had it crashed to? So what did it start at? Uh, you know, when you left that night, it was what? Oh, probably 75, 80 oh, wow. and in that range. And it jumped up to 102. Oh, yeah, easily, yeah. Okay. And it was almost completely fermented overnight. Can you show me that face? <laughs> that, did you, when you walk and looked at the temperature gauge, can you show me that face? No, the face is not uh, something that I can show anyone. <laughs> the face is more of like kicking the damn tank. Yeah, yeah. I bet. It's like, God damn fucking tank. You freaked out, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, totally, yeah, because I thought it was ruined. Yeah. But it actually turned out okay, right? Because... Higher fermentation temperatures produces lots of higher order alcohols, lots of phenolics. You get yeah. all that, that kind of fruity kind of qualities out of it. But now that's when, not what I was looking for, though. Okay, when you say it turned out okay, you mean you were happy that you didn't have to throw it out, but it still kind of sucked, or it actually was a whole unique, interesting tasting. Was it good? I Every, wanted- everybody in the tasting room liked it. Really? That's cool. I can serve <laughs> it to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I serve. Five, I'll, what I'll do is. If I make a mistake, or if I'm making an experimental batch, I'll pull off five gallons of whatever it is. And serve it in I'll here. throw it in a tank, and I'll throw it on a spare tap, or I'll throw it somewhere else, right? Okay. And then I'll let other people try it. I'll say, hey, look, I've got something experimental. It's not going to cost you a penny. You can try it and taste it if you want it. Well, five gallons later, in about you know 45 minutes, everybody's <laughs> like, that was freaking great! I want more! <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? You need so, to have that right there on, on your uh, menu. On the sign, experimental. right? Experimental. Yeah. We actually have experimental batches. We have one in there. It's called Experimental. Uh, it's, it's called uh, Experiment 626. See, I would just call them <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I'd put a segment a on the board that says else. fucked yeah. up, and I'd put free next to it instead of those prices you have there. <laughs> <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me a sample of fucked up number four. Can I try your fucked up eight, please? <laughs> yeah, $4, $4, $4 pints, not too bad. <laughs> Maybe yeah. blend it a little bit with a fucked up 49. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's what I would do. All right, well. But I guess my my original question is, you know, do you want some? Do you want to fermentedly controlled a little warmer and get some of those phenols out of this yeast? Yeah, I think so. For for this particular style of braggot, anyway, at least you want to ferment it in sort of the traditional you know, way, right? Ferment it warm, right? Get all those nice fruity esters going, and then cool it down a little bit, right? Okay. Slow it down, and then. Just kind of, that just kind of like ages it a little bit better, I think. So for you, how warm was warm? What temp did you ferment? Oh, this, this was at? fermented at eighty-five or th- this particular 85. batch. Okay, right? wow. So eighty-five, and then it was cooled down after about two or three days to about in the seventy-eight, seventy-five oh. kind of range. We were talking earlier about uh, putting the second stage yeast onto it. Right. So, so this particular one has a. Uh, the first batch only had the one yeast, right? And the reason it had the one yeast was because it fermented pretty much overnight, right? <laughs> because of the temperature. Really quick. Right. The yeah. second one, it took about three weeks to ferment, and we went from using the standard Saison yeast, right, that, which we got, to at about the last week of fermentation, just to get that last probably third of fermentation out of it, we switched back to that uh, 1388 Y yeast, which is the Belgian. Okay. Right? Because that actually has some different characteristics to it than the Saison. And it'll take over and, and finish it down. If you pitch enough of it, it will. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the key. With, with this Saison, yeah. everybody I talk to, it's like, hey, this Saison just gets sluggish, sluggish. at the end. Right. And you gotta either got to re-pitch or you got to really rack up the, the temperature way up. No, I mean, if you if you just did it at sort of the normal Saison kind of, you know, you know ranges, right, of 6 7 8%. Yeah, but you're not going to yeah, do that, Yeah, you're probably okay. You? I'm 10%. No, you're not going right? to do that. 
No, I want it 10%. I want it something that can sit in a bottle for five or six years. Oh, you're preaching to the choir here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Doc's the same. Oh, yeah. So, I, so there was... You ever watch Conan the Barbarian? Oh, no. How did I know yeah. this was coming? Okay. <laughs> so, 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 so in Conan the Barbarian, right, the bad guy comes out and he goes, you know the Riddle of Steel, right? He's like, boy, he said, I've been chasing the Riddle of Steel for years. Right? Yeah, right. Blah, blah. It is not the Riddle right? of Steel. So, so he's been trying to find out how to make the best steel, the, the hardest steel, the, for whatever, for the longest period of time. You should rub it, right? Back in the olden days. Okay, no, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you want me to get my sword? No. No, absolutely not. He's not. JP has his own. Yeah, he likes listening to you. Oh, there it goes. He's been rubbing <laughs> hard at the big. So, so big, back back big in the back steel. in the olden days of yeah. mead making, my goal in life when I was like 23, 24 years old yeah. was to make the most potent, highest alcohol mead I could possibly make. <laughs> okay, right? that's on my own. I bet you yeah. did, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah. but what'd you make? 25, 26% alcohol That's mead. I pretty mean, good, man. It's yeah. freaking rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Right? <laughs> got She's, you married. Do you still it? have some? I wasn't married at the time. <laughs> but it got you married. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right gotcha. Right. Gotcha a lot of so, things. So you make it, and then you kind of look at it, and you kind of go, well, what do I do with it? Well, you drink it with all your buddies. You get it shit-faced. Yeah. Everybody gets wrecked. Sure. You fall down on the floor. You puke a lot. You hate yourself you, the next day. Then you say, why did I make that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My goal in life today isn't to make a 10% alcohol braggot. My goal in life is to make a braggot that's a saison that's styled after something mm. that's going to sit in a bottle and age, yeah. right? I want something like an, you know, like an Opus 1, right? Yeah. When somebody comes up and says, oh, my God, have yeah. you had a bottle of hell? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Of I've course. Been, that's that's I've, what I want. I've been Even in hell. More than that, you want them saying, have you had a three-year bottle? Oh, you know, yeah. I, no, yeah. I've had a five-year exactly, bottle. Exactly, right. You want all because, of that. Because yeah. when I bottle this stuff, yeah. it's going in that nice 750 mil white ceramic bottle. Oh, good on you. Yeah. Top bottle. you got two good things going for this one. Uh, three, actually. One one is it's a great beer to begin with. The second one, it's it's very dark. It's got a lot of melanoid, and so it's going gonna, it's gonna to last. And the 10% thing. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. So uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna age great. Yeah, I think so. And it'll be different. Like so, like the the Diablo, right? That one is only eight point two percent. Right. And after six months in the bottle, those like nice fruity citrusy notes yeah. come out, right? Whereas yeah. on the on tap, it's completely different, mm-hmm. right? Even that, I think, will age well in the bottle, but it might it, not, not last like, as long as no, this. No, this one, it's got the melanoidins. It's, it's got everything that's going to keep it great. Yeah. And, and what Justin was saying, uh, did you have the, the second, the third, the fourth year? Yeah, that's what people really talk about. You, I think you uh, – we don't do this very often. A uh, big round of applause for this beer and uh, uh, this braggot because it sounds to me like you've uh, – Accomplish what you were looking for. You're oh, telling for sure. me that that was your goal, and I think you reach it. Like this, yeah. this can be really. So now awesome. the question is: Do I put it in a wooden box or a it's uh, wood? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, it's so nice. Now I, I have to ask you this, um, and, and you know this. You've done the show before. Uh, everyone always wants a recipe, and I think that this would be the recipe to give if you could give it. I tell you what, to the homebrewers, they, they can't make this at home. But they, they, but they, they, can they, they can they can make something very similar, which okay. is kind of the, that's what we want to try to right. do. And so, do you want me to post it? I can post it up on your that's website. That's what I'd like to do. A recipe. If, if you could give us one recipe, and and it's always up to you, of course. But, yeah, I'll give but it to I you. would request this one. Sure. I think that our listeners would love to make. I, I know I want to make this. It's, okay. it's always going to be that. Well, I tried to make this, but you know, he <laughs> makes it so much better. Yeah. So, you know, it, it it really depends on the equipment that you have available to you. If all you've got is a plastic bucket. You'll make something. It may not turn out exactly like it. Yeah. If you've got temperature control fermenters, if you've got the whole sort of mash ton, louder ton, if you've got everything, 
you could probably duplicate it. Shat and I do now. We got a 15, I'm not, I'm not 15. Telling, I'm not telling you what it is then. <laughs> well, I'll bring it to you, and then we can compare notes. And <laughs> well, that, I'll tell you what. If you're lucky, Shat will have brewed it. And I'll, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a recipe, a okay. version of this scaled down to a five-gallon batch. Cool. That'd be sweet. That, that's oh, what I yeah. think would be really cool. Yeah. And and what I would encourage Maybe people six. to do is, and, and, I, and I mean this in a, in a non-commercial way, is to go to, to rabbitswhipmeadery.com and Will this be available on the site to buy? So the label for this just got approved last week. All right, we're gonna don't tell that story. We're gonna do it when we come oh, back. That's, that's a okay. good story. We'll do it when we come back. But uh, so that means that it soon will be in the bottle. Yes. Okay. So my suggestion would be for people to to take this recipe that's going to get posted and make it, but also buy a bottle of this or a case at of least. it, whatever you can get. Yeah, at least a bottle. And one we're taking, not going to do. We're it. buying a case. Yeah, there's 300 uh, gallons. So that you can do your own comparing, and and maybe the next time we do a show with Mike, we can uh, kind of do that. Get some listener examples in and talk about it and see how people did because this is. All of them are great. If you posted any recipe, you, you guys are going to want to make it. But I, I this kind of the, is the one, isn't it? I want to hear the, oh, I missed the mark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, so you want to hear about mine. Uh, I, I, I expect that. <laughs> That's right. Maybe we should both brew one, Shat. We should brew it separately so that you don't get tainted by my <laughs> reputation. Uh, so you brew you know, one. tainted. You live with him. <laughs> you're tainted. Yeah. So, all right, cool. I'm glad you're willing to give this because I really think this is the Good. one people are going to want. Yeah. It. They've, JP, been, they've been asking for recipe the whole friggin' night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the one you want. When do you predict it will be in the bottle for us to be able to purchase? Ish? In the bottle. Well, my plan is to have it in the bottle probably before the end of July. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah, I got 300 gallons sitting in the conditioning tank. I'm going to bottle it as soon as my new machine shows up. Ah, okay. You have a new machine? I have another machine coming um, up. Wow. Good, Good for you, back man. there. like yeah. to see that. like to see that it's, This one will do it without bottle conditioning, so you get the actual product in the bottle. Ah, okay. Smoke so it. that sample that we tried, for example, will be more accurate for the consumer when they Absolutely, get it. Absolutely, right. Okay. Yeah. All right, very good. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to try some sizers just for the hell of it. Sure, why not? Uh, we're not going to go too deep into ciders <laughs> and sizers, but because there's some great ones on tap there that I want to try. Uh, we're also going to cover a little bit about our 1550 chat, but I think we're going to save it for next week. We'll cover some of it, though. I want to talk about that because we had so much fun brewing on that. Um, plus, a uh, 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 surprise for you guys. So stay tuned. I've got a surprise for everybody at home. Surprise. It's something you've been asking for for a long time. You're going to get it this show, but you got to stay tuned for the last segment. And uh, I don't even know about. I this. think you guys are going to be stoked, and yeah, it, do I. it could be dangerous. Uh, oh. Who knows what's going to happen when we do it? Dangerous. Is it a hole cut in the wall? When we come back, okay. glory holes and JP. Yes. Yeah. From Rabbit's Foot Meadery. We'll sure be right back. <laughs> Shortage. No, not the organic, free-range, oyster Russian imperial coffee stout. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. Oi, away off your wee hop shortage. Who are you? A f***ing Scottish 80 shilling and you cannot brew a Scottish 80 shilling like you was mixing f***ing cement with f***ing hops instead of gravel, you great f***ing ass. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint, like the bloodthirsty and abusive Scottish 80 shilling. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. My Lambic! It'll only f***ing help it. 
Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the program. Still live from Rabbit's Foot Meadery here in Sunnyvale, California. You can go to rabbitsfootmeadery.com and check it out. And the big surprise for you is, I told you I had a little something for you if you, uh, if you hung in there and, and checked it out. You've all always been asking for a webcam of the program. And we now have a web cram. Uh, web cram yeah, we do. Of a cam crammed into a cam. Um, here at Rabbit's Foot, uh, if you if if you're a, a longtime BN listener and you really paid attention, you will remember that Mike talked about his webcam last time he was on the show. He said there's always a webcam at Rabbit's Foot, so you can go to Rabbit's Foot Meadery anytime, uh, rabbitsfootmeadery.com, and there'll be a webcam here in the tasting room. And mostly it's so that Mike's wife can keep tabs on what's happening. That's right, because <laughs> <laughs> he says he's going to work and uh, he better goddamn well be at work. So there's a webcam all the time. You can check out what's happening in the tasting room here long after we're gone. I didn't tell you early in the show because we didn't want to crash all the bandwidth. We want to make sure we could broadcast. But I figure right now, there's nothing good left to talk about. Anyway, we're just going to get wrecked from here. If you're still around. with us. If you're still with us. Uh, so go to rabbitsfootmeadery.com and you can click through to find. No, just go rabbitsfootmeadery.com slash camera.html. There you go. And you'll get a live video of what's happening right now in the uh, Brewing Network slash Rabbitsfoot Studios. Assuming you can type. Handsome shooter. And really all that's happening is that uh, (laughs) Schumann's big ugly face is right there on the camera. Maybe you should grab a chair and just stand like real close to the camera. (laughs) too. block everyone out. Could we make that nose any bigger anyway, Schumann? Put him on the stool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, get him a stool just to stand right up at the camera. Schumann has a lot of experience with stool. (laughs) Dog damn it. He could all stand on the crossbow. That's your big surprise. Um, Another thing that's not so surprising I wanted to talk about is uh, at the last break, not the one we just took, but before that, you know, I told you that uh, uh, Schumann was was handling Mike's crossbows and swords, which he, like, collects and makes. But we also found out something else that's kind of revealing. What? Well, the last two weeks, the BN here have been like the BN 2.0, right? Little uh, little high-tech, little geeky. Turns out that uh, uh, Mike, of course, used to play Dungeons & Dragons. 
Uh-oh. You think? He's not shy about that. No. He was at first. That's why I like him. But Anything. one of his characters, which I guess are, you have to make a character to play Dungeons and Dragons. You can't what do you just, mean you guess? You, you know. can't just be yourself? No, never, you can't. I've never played. Tell, yes, you tell have. Tell us about it. Never. You and I roll die all the time. <laughs> never played. So you, 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 one of his characters, there's a guy who made the Dungeons and Dragons. What's right, his name? Gary Gygax. Gary Gygax. <laughs> JP. JP says his name with such reverence. Gary Gygax. Yes. It's too soon to talk to He also crosses true, his true, chest he, he, died he, he died this year. He died this year. Too soon. God too died. Too soon. Well, but you knew him. Yep, I met him twice. You used to, like, I don't know if you played d and played with him? D&D with him a and, couple times. And one of your characters is in is the official in the handbook? That's or right. Or the, the official the, the, game? The original handbook, right. What's, your, what's the character's name? Emmer Call the Chaotic. <laughs> Heck I love yeah. it. Bad guy. <laughs> it's, he's a badass. Right. Heck yeah. I got two beers named after him. We have a whole... You'll, if I'm you go to our, When you go to our forum <laughs> to post that recipe for us, sure. you'll see right now there's a whole Dungeons & Dragons thread oh my God. of our listeners talking about their life as, as Dungeons & Dragons yeah. people. It came up last week, and uh, it's been out of control ever since. <laughs> and now you've just, like, capped it. I mean, yeah. like, you... Played with the guy. Maybe this will be the D and D beer. <laughs> oh, it could. You could change the name. That's true. We'll have to do homebrew recipes all around D and D. So he's the new guy guy. Dungeon beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, these people aren't getting. They're they're getting the four hundred four not found for the camera. Uh-oh. Yeah, but I can I can find it just fine. We're looking at it in here. We have our own video feed I'm of ourselves. Look, yeah. but my video feed, I'm looking right at you. You got it in real life, Doc. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not a video. That's your eyes. That's real. Sure, I can, yeah. I, can, I can post the URL home? later if you want. I just did. I'd have to. I, I went on the website and found it just fine. Okay. So so tell, tell rabbitsfootmeetery.com slash camera.html. Well, sometimes you just have to have right the latest there. Java or the latest this or the latest that. So some computers maybe just don't have. Can you, like, post it somewhere? If so it's a Mac, copy, paste. an Apple II, you know, you probably can't. Uh, That's Schumann sitting at the bar, everybody, just so you know. <laughs> Human's big stupid he, he, thumb. Yeah, we're looking at the camera right there. There it is, right there. <laughs> we can see it. Maybe, uh, maybe Chad will flash or flash you guys. It's can you turn sideways, Schumann, so you can get the profile of that nose of yours? You have to move the mouse. It's probably a problem <laughs> with Windows XP. <laughs> uh, uh, Duck JP's turning. Tasty, you uh, want to come in front of the camera? Sure. sure. Everybody right, wants good. to see real people in front of the camera. Oh, Tasty, right. go, turn around, wave. All right, and now, uh, so what I have is a bunch there of questions go. in front of us uh, for Mike that came through throughout the show. There they are, waving at you. Um, and we've moved on there. to trying some of your... Now, you call them ciders here. Right. Well, so the, the problem with making mead of different types is that people don't understand what the heck they are, right? So back in the Middle Ages, there were tons of different names for different types of meads. You've got you know, regular mead, you've got sizer, you've got braggots, brackets, melomels, you know, methaglins, what have you, right? Try uh, marketing something today in the booze industry and call it a methaglin. Oh, see, yeah, see what I, happens. Dude, you've got to try my methaglin. Yeah. Awesome <laughs> stuff, man. Probably like, go well at like Star Trek conventions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see? New market oh, yeah, for you. Exactly. I could have the whole <laughs> vol- the, uh, the Klingon blood wine. They'd all yeah. like that. You know, you know, Justin would have been the, the red shirt guy. Kaplach. Yeah. Right, there you go. Right. <laughs> you know who the red shirt guy is. Oh, yeah. Oh. You're dead. As soon as you're going down to the planet, you're the first one. Dead. I would love to be Kaplach. I love right. this. So anyway, this so is awesome. You, you, you can't market things that people don't know what they are right. to okay. anyone, right? So okay. what you have to do is you have to come up with another name for it. All right. right? So we tried for about two years to, to market you know, uh, an apple honey mead 
you know, a sizer in a keg to brew pubs, right? Yeah. And none of them would buy it. None of them. They all go, well, I'm not going to buy a rabbit's foot meatery apple honey sizer and put it on tap because nobody's going to know what it is and or the name's it. too long and just right. doesn't make sense, right? So, What the hell is it? A few weeks after I tried that one, I went down to my local. I talked to my bar manager friend and I said, hey, how about trying my apple honey cider? Yeah. And she goes, heck yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. But two weeks earlier, you said, try my sizer, and, and she said, that's ridiculous. Exactly. My body, blah, blah, blah. There you blah, go. Blah, 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 it's cider. all about what do you understand. Yeah, right? see, we're so stupid, us humans. It, is, it has to be we're presented properly. Stuff. Right. Doc, stop calling me out on this stuff. Right. The fact is that everybody uh, has, they need a nice shiny package so that it's yes. delivered to us, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we, as a human race, are stupid. If, if I'm, if I'm going to, like, venture off the beer wine track. Yeah. Oh, cider. I'm not going to get drunk on that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then I don't want Only it. in America. Now, now we then love I, it. Then I don't want any of that. I see. So that uh, got you on the tap handles. Right. So so, so in America, cider is uh, is just apple juice, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And that's a that's a byproduct of prohibition. Yeah. And you don't get in trouble for that with, like, the ABC. You're calling it cider when it's really cider. They don't care what you call no, it. No, because so the product that I make is actually wine. Yeah. And, and all ciders are wine. They're okay. Just, they just happen to be apple wine. So it fits. Right? So when you, when you fill out your little tax form... You say, how much wine did you make? Mm-hmm. You don't say, how much cider did you make? They don't care what it's called. Okay. Right? Good. Now, when you go to the TTB, right, the federal government, and ask them to say, I want to make a label for the product that I'm going to bottle, they care about what the label says. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which gets you into a whole another kind of you know, ballpark of different things, which we can talk about for another product that I did. Yeah. But so for the sizer thing, so I say, okay, I've got an apple honey sizer. Eh, can't bottle it, can't make it, nobody would buy it. Mm, two weeks later, come back, say, I make apple honey cider. That sounds great. Awesome. I want some of that. They put it on tap, and people love it. Ah. Right? Okay. Now, now make three different versions of the apple honey cider, put different fruit juices in there. Now you've got a black cherry, you've got a lemonade, you've got better. a peach. So we're trying the black cherry right Heck now. Yeah, they, there you go. Right. So, so basically what you're looking at is you're looking at uh, you know, uh, cooking cherries. Right. Right. Or the juice from cooking cherries right. from 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 Canada, yeah. all right, right, and apple honey cider, the the, the America's hat, exactly America's right. Hat. There you go. So are all the flavors you have the same apple honey cider, and then you've just added a different fruit. That's right. Okay, exactly the same base. Okay, different fruit at the end. Like Where do you add fruit? So Justin's eat, drinking IPAs. Mm-hmm. His his uh, dates drinking ciders. Heck mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Justin's getting laid. Yeah, it's all good. Well, the black cherry—he's apparently living in a Dungeons and Dragons world for this description. So rumor rumor has it that rumor has it that there's three letters that describe the black cherry, which are L P R. Oh yeah, liquid paint. Yeah, I get it. Liquid paint remover. There you go. Exactly. I need to repaint my house. Give me a whole keg of cider, please. Right. It is panty remover. Right. And then the the the. If Tasty keeps it up, we're going to remove his panties today. And then the hard hard lemonade version of that, which is basically just apple honey cider and lemon juice added to it, is just notoriously known as evil. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) It's good. Or roofies. I thought that was your middle name. Evil. 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 All right, so this is a good show. I think that Sicer could be yeah. a whole other uh, program for us to, to talk about this stuff. It's really oh, good. Sure. The black cherry here is fantastic. We're going to try the, I think, the uh, the lemonade before the lemon, we go, yeah, too. Sure. We'll try that. But I do have some questions in front of me from throughout the program. Um, you know, some of them were uh, just from way earlier about mead and, and different things like that. So I want to make sure we covered them. Um, 
Uh, let's see. We covered the bottling question. How about any mead and... Um, Man, he's being he's getting some he's booze. Getting some beer. Man's yeah. gotta get some drinks. People, he's people, looking at oh, Schumann. Schumann. Oh. It's quality assurance. This is a good question for you, Mike, and maybe we'll try to keep it short. Just pick something. People want to know about mead and food pairings. A lot of talk about beer and food pairings right now. People like to do that. Um, what what is uh, honey wine good with? Well so like any other wine, what do you like to drink? What do you like to eat? Okay. What do you think tastes good together? I mean, I'm not going to be the person that's going to tell you that you have to have sure. a certain thing with But do you have any else. favorites? Well, I mean, I like, our, like a sweet mead, like a, like a dessert kind of mead with things like uh, you know, cheese plates or with uh, very, very, you know, chocolatey kinds of things, mm-hmm. right? Dry meads are good with uh, Middle Eastern food, right? right. Especially, especially meads that mm-hmm. are oaked heavily. Um, any of the braggots, the beers, they go good with pretty much anything. Pizza, hot dog, barbecue. I, I, I was thinking barbecue. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, All right. the ciders, sit in your backyard with a hammock, big glass, pile of ice. Strippers. Kick back, get somebody else to mow the lawn. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I have a tech question. Uh, people still can't see the page well, for the uh, camera. No. I can see I it now. But saying there's nothing we can do. The okay. same guy who who makes the camera happen is sitting here being interviewed. So sorry, everybody. It was worth an effort. Uh, yep. Is nobody getting it? Nobody Nobody's at all. Getting it. Well, I'm oh. getting it. I can oh, get it. You I can, can get it. Yeah. All right. Well, it was. We made a quick effort. We thought we'd try to yep. try to make it happen. But there's nothing we can do because he'd have to leave the interview to go fix it. And, and that's well, not it's good. really not that great. I'm telling you. I, I said what ha- it's Schumann sitting at the bar. Like that's what you get a picture of. So don't worry. Don't worry about it. And tasty. The good thing is. It's actually, it's recording. It. I have set it up so it's recording, oh. and I can post it later. We can go back to it. There we go. We'll post the whole thing. Oh. boy. So you mentioned mead on oak. Uh, someone asked about, what about braggots on oak? I'm actually going to take uh, this particular saison, the last one that we were talking about, and put it on oak. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be I'm, awesome. I think that's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to take one of the barrels that I had mead in previously and use that. Because I think that's going to add a, an entirely new dimension to it. Oh, yeah. Interesting. You have a lot of barrels back there. I have about 50, 60 barrels back there. Most of them are full. Good. The ones that are empty are designated as barrels for the meat of poetry, of course. But I might snag one away and use it for that particular saison. They also look fairly new. Do you get new barrels when you do this? I always buy new oak. Why is that? Uh, JP was rubbing some of them. So they're not, uh, they're not new, new anymore. I, I can't use those anymore then. No, they're tainted. <laughs> I'll take them. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I like new oak because new oak, you know exactly what you're getting, right? Okay. And especially with our, you know, some of the, the, the meads that we make that are oaked, if you, if you put it in old oak, you have to leave it there longer, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, two questions. What kind of oak? American and how, oak. And how old? Uh, how long do you leave it on the oak? So most of the meads that we have that are on oak are there typically anywhere from two to three years. Wow, that's, yeah. a, that's a long time. It's a long time. On new oak, yeah. it's a long yeah. time. Now, the meat of poetry that we make, the last one has been on oak for five years. And then we've got one that's about seven and a half, eight years on oak right for, now. For new oak, that's a long time on new for oak. For new oak, it is, yeah. yeah. But you have to remember, right? So meat is different than regular grape wine. It's typically not as acidic, right? right. So it doesn't extract the same, you know, it doesn't extract the same way that regular wine does. So basically, don't be afraid to leave it. Longer. No, you know, taste it all the time. That's what I do. I, mean, yeah. I, I found it. I found. I found. I found it. Like I told you on the last show, I found a 15-gallon barrel of mead sitting in my garage one time that my brother had drank 10 gallons out of. Wow. <laughs> he no, he tasted 10 gallons out of. True. Okay, right. Fine. <laughs> he comes walking into the house every day with a little one-pint pitcher and goes, <laughs> right. "Have some mead, Mike." Wow. Right. And I said, like, "Where'd you get that?" He's like, "In the garage." <laughs> 
Did, that's you, top, did you top it off? No. I have two barrels. I have two bottles of that left. That's it's it. 15 years old. It was old. awesome, oh. wasn't it? It still is, and one of them's uh, my brother, and one of them's for my daughter. Okay. Are you still your brother? Yeah, yeah, I'll keep them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, someone asked how you homebrew Tej. Well, that- you can't really homebrew Tej. Okay. The only way you can homebrew Tej would be to make a mead and have somebody in Ethiopia send you Geisho. Hmm. Okay. Geisho is the plant, right? It's basically buckthorn, right? It's it's an Ethiopian version of buckthorn, right. not the California version of buckthorn, which is carcinogen. Oh, that'd um, be bad. Uh, yeah, we, we totally. we I was going to ask about the, the substitute. Ethiopian one isn't? Ethiopian mead is... No, 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 the buckthorn in Ethiopia. It's not. No, it's not. It's a totally different species. Huh. Good. Right. I can give you a taste of, or a smell of some of the actual wood in the back later if we you want. You smell wood? Well, I smell my wood, yeah. <laughs> so is it not awesome. available here at all? Like you can't you get You can't it. buy it. You'd have to buy have it from to, somebody yeah. in it. You can't buy it, but you can yeah, show so us some. I can show you some. So we make we make two tedges for an Ethiopian restaurant guy, right? right? And he imports the, the geisho from Ethiopia every year. Okay. Can, hundreds of hundreds of pounds. Can you post uh, where those Ethiopian restaurants are? They're all over the Bay Area, all over North Bay, the one, South Bay. The ones Bay. that you can... Uh, oh, sure, yeah, I can post them, sure. Yeah, they're they're. they're you were talking about that earlier, and I'd like to go go there. Yeah, and, and try any that. any Ethiopian restaurant in the San Francisco Bay Area will have either of those two tedges made by you, made by Rabbit's Foot Meter. Yeah, that's right. Great, wow. cool. Uh, okay, and, and that's another question that people had about your distribution. Where where can we find your mead? Is that on the site where we can find it? Yeah. So okay. if you go to you know, there's like a link on the website somewhere that says you know, about Rabbit's Foot Meadery, where to buy. Right? Okay. You can get it at Whole Foods. You can get it at Beverages and more. You can Is get it only it. West Coast? No, you can get it in a bunch of different liquor stores throughout uh, California, North South California, Oregon. We're distributed in uh, Michigan, Florida, Texas. Uh, Pennsylvania in the liquor stores in Pennsylvania. In Vermont for a little Good. while. No, actually, that wasn't Vermont. That you're, ta- you're talking Connecticut. about Connecticut, Rhode Island. Uh, there's, there's one same year, difference. Year, year, yeah, Connecticut. Yeah, so so we're we're, we're we're thinking about shutting off some of the states because we have such high demand in the state of California. But you can always order online, and we can ship to pretty much anywhere in the United States. You can get it. Right. Well, so we're one of the few mead producers in, in the country that are allowed to ship to other states simply because we've applied for all the licensing. Hmm. Right. So well, sometimes, so really, just because you're not lazy, you're allowed to ship to other states. Exactly. That's <laughs> interesting. You, you it's weird how that works sometimes. Yeah. Well, no, you spend fifty dollars. You you apply for the permit. You spend an hour and a half going through all the little bit of paperwork, and yeah. then guess what? Now I can ship to the state of Vermont, right? Wow. Other other people just won't spend the fifty dollars to do that, and then therefore they lose a little bit of market share that they could have had. Chat, imagine how much producing you could do if you weren't lazy. Be unbelievable. I mean, sometimes you just got to unbelievable. You just got to do done. stuff. <laughs> yeah, so you just got to apply for things. Just think about, hey, what could I do today to make me a better producer? <laughs> <laughs> we watched that goddamn video. The right. producer a, video. Yeah, there's a video. There is. Oh yeah, it was a television show. Keep the lights on. <laughs> okay, uh, so go just go to rabbitsfootmeadery.com. You can find out where you can find this stuff. Um, let's do this one quickly because it could get complicated. People ask, you know, yeast strains, which we talked a lot about uh, using uh, beer yeast today because of braggots. What about uh, wine yeast? Use that for meads? Yeah, well, yeah, of course. You, 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 you use standard yeasts that are commercially available pretty much for every single thing that you make. Okay. Right? But I don't know anybody in the world that goes out and says, I'm going to take a honey and I'm just going to let it ferment using the, the yeast that's in the honey. Right? Okay. There's, there's multiple reasons for that. Right? Number one is you can't control it. 
Number two is you don't know what it is, right? And number three is you have no idea what it's going to taste like tomorrow, right? You can make something today that tastes completely different, you know, two years from now. But they're not mead yeast. They're wine yeast. No, of course not. There's no such thing as a mead yeast. No, I think it's what... When do you choose which yeast you're going to use for what you're going to produce? Make a five-gallon batch. Put in a particular yeast. Right. Make another five-gallon batch. Put in another yeast. Compare them. See which ones you prefer. Don't be lazy. We've talked about uh, beer yeast. We've talked about champagne yeast or wine yeast. Uh, what's your rule of thumb? If you're making something that's going to be still in the bottle, right. use a wine yeast. Okay. Right? What about sparkling? If you're going to make something that's going to be a mead that's sparkling in the bottle, that's 10, 12, 14% alcohol, right. use a champagne yeast. Right? Champagne yeasts are very, very clean. They'll leave that particular mead with the aroma and characteristics of the honey that you made it from. Okay. Right? If you're making a braggot, use a beer yeast because that's what you're looking for anyway, right? Don't use a wine yeast when you're making a braggot. Otherwise, you're going to end up with this thing that looks like a beer, but it's whiny. Right. Right? Same thing with ciders. Aside from the Kolsch, which is kind of a hybrid, yep. you ever done a lager yeast? You ever lagered one of these braggots? No. Okay. And and the Kolsch is a hybrid, right? Yeah. So it's it's a Kolsch, right? Yeah. So it's you know ale fermented temperatures lagered after the fact, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's I don't care. I don't want to make a lager. I don't want to make a pilsner. I don't want to make something that's got like an IPA kind of level of. 80 Do you think someone IBUs. could use like a pilsner yeast on something like like a you know? It's probably worked just the same, right? It's still fermentables and a different yeast. Absolutely. So just the way you made a Kolsch as your base for, for our first braggot, yep. someone could make a Pilsner as their base, replace the fermentables with honey, and use a Pilsner yeast, right? Of course you can. You, yeah. can, you can make anything you want. It's entirely up to your imagination. Okay. What, what is your favorite beer? You want to make a braggot that's kind of like your favorite beer, but some of the fermentables are, are, are from honey instead of malt? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's let's uh, throw things in there. Uh, what's your favorite beer? My favorite beer. Beer. Is, beer. Beer. If I'm drinking a beer and right. I if I go out and I look at a wall and there's ten beers on that wall. Pretty much. Yeah. If there's a Kolsch on that wall, I'm drinking it. Okay. Uh, Kolsch uh, or Pilsner. If I leave the United I, I know States, you, I know you hate hops. So. I don't. I'm not a very. I'm not. I'm not a fan of hops. You're not right? a hop forward person. I like hops to be there. Right. I don't want them to be dominant, right? So I'm okay. not going to go out and drink like this 80 IBU. Right. It's like having IPA. JP around. We like having him around. Right. You yeah. do? Okay. Uh, you right. heard it. You heard it. Everybody in this room heard it. <laughs> Justin likes having me around. You hear that, Dad? Yeah. Eat that one. He wants me, right? Suck it, Shimmy. But, but you got you got to uh, say a great German uh, bit burger, something like that. Uh, and you're you're, you're going to take this home with you. You got a whole bunch of uh, honey, yeah. And you want to put this into something else. Let's build your beer. I know what you like. You like a, a not a hop forward beer. Yep. Uh, a nice clean, either a Belgian. You you want a German beer? Uh, you're a mead dude. So you're going to come home. You're going to go. Hmm. I got this, this, and this. And I'm going to have put a lot of honey into it. There's and, an end to this, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm going to put yeast into it. And what? Build your beer for me. Well, I've already did. I've got four of them. Yeah, that's that. No, that I, super I, one was our fourth braggot. Yeah, no, no, it's, no it's, it's I, great, I, I, I swear to God, right? I like different beers at different times, right? Right. So I'll drink that Kolsch. Hot day. You know, I've been working yeah. in the back, you know, making a couple of beers. I want something cold, refreshing. Boom, Kolsch. Sitting around the house, having some fun with some friends. 
I'll probably just pick up a glass of the Saison. Yeah. Or, uh, I think a big barbecue with this Saison would just. God Almighty, like have one pint of this and you won't be barbecuing much, but. I'm not barbecuing. I'm, I'm just sitting there watching. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to get done. Eating someone else's barbecue. Yeah, I'm, wait, course, I'm waiting yeah. for it to get done. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to sit there and make a beer that's like. Here's the ultimate Mike beer, right? This is the culmination of every single beer quality no, that I like. I, I, no, I, I'm, I'm trying to tap into your um, your home brewerness. Ah, uh, you, you the experiment. experimenter. Oh, exactly. Some guys, are, some guys are just so uh, commercial. Yeah, they, uh, this is what's going to sell me, and they're going to get this. Right. And you, you, you've been through the whole homebrew thing. Uh, you brew what you want. Yeah. Uh, you're not trying to get any style, but uh, you want to brew a good beer. You've experimented to hell and back. Um, you're drinking hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I am. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so yeah, I, I get your saying, right? So, if I had my ultimate beer, it, it would have qualities of a Kolsch. Right. Drinkability, right? So, right. easy to drink, refreshing. It would have qualities of... A Belgian Golden Strong Ale, right? So maybe higher alcohol. Mm-hmm. Right? So maybe, okay, so now we're talking about a Kolsch that's 6% alcohol, okay. right? And I'd want to have some characteristics of a Saison, right? So maybe a little orange peel, a little right, coriander. Right, so spices and fruit. Okay, so, so now you got this kind of hybrid beer, right? You got a Kolschy, you know... When would you Saison. shoot it out of a, cra- a crossbow? Jeez, I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know if I'd put it in a tank in the back to ferment it, though. That's the thing, right? Because I'd want to do multiple experiments. I mean, yeah. it, it wouldn't be good enough for me to just go, oh, I know exactly what it is. I'm going to make 50,000 oh, gallons right. of it. But right. the, up, we, up, up to this point, you are like the rest of us. You are an experimental craft brewer. I still am. But, but you have a ton of... Of uh, honey back there. Yeah, I've got. I, d- I go through about twenty eight thousand pounds of exactly. honey a year. Exactly, and, and most of us don't have that much honey that we want to experiment with. You want some? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but the, right. the thing is, right? I've 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 had the opportunity to go out and get all this equipment here. I can make pretty much anything you want. Right. Right. I've got the opportunity to use. Not only the experience that I have doing this, but also sort of the the business connections to buy all the honey at the right prices. Yeah. Right. To make. Pretty much anything I want to when I want to, right? That's, that's I can make awesome. a five. I can make a five gallon batch of something tomorrow and just pour it out, and it won't make a difference to me. <laughs> yeah. I would cry though if you, you told would. me about it. But when I was in my garage, I had fifty gallons in five gallon batches of right. all kinds of different going things. at once. Oh right. yeah, of course, right? I was like, yes, I know exactly what number six twenty five is, right? It's, right. Like, it's like your children. <laughs> it, they are. Yeah, right. that was before I had children. <laughs> Those are my pre children children. Right. All right, I have to wrap this up. It's going into Sean Paxton esoteric land, Doc, I know. and I, mean, I have to keep it moving. Um, JP tells me that yeah. our chat room is actually Drunk of the Week this week. I would like to nominate them for Drunk of the Week. They're all pretty uh, hammered in there, huh? Dude, you have no idea. Really? Yeah. I was hoping I was going to get Drunk of the Week, but I kind of slowed down. Are they down. slur typing? No, they're just angry uh, bucking the system typing. Oh, they are? Yeah. Well, in what way? Because they can't uh, see the video. Are they fighting with each other and you? No, boo-boo. <gasps> yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, they were, they, yeah, they were posting a bunch of pictures, like nudie pictures, and I said, "Don't do it." And Boo Boo posted one and then bounced. <laughs> when he left, he couldn't take it like a man. So I'm oh, calling yeah. him out. Really? But uh, oh. for the most part, they're just you know having fun and being you wacky know, dudes. Tell Boo Boo to come visit me. The, the sword, sword is <laughs> out. Uh-oh. Mike's got the sword in his hand. I cannot put it back in its sheath unless it has spilt blood. <laughs> I must find Boo Boo. Yes. <laughs> wow. you know, I, I didn't notice that the first time it came out. Did, did you spill blood? <laughs> 
You cut yourself handling the sword? No, not today. No, oh, no, you, you can't. Every time you make a sword, you always cut yourself. There's no doubt about it. You have to. Uh, on purpose? No, yeah. it's, it's always accidental. I see. I thought yeah, maybe yeah. it was like a ritual. It's always accidental. So okay. that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Chat room gets drunk of the week. Okay, I give it to him, and also uh, douche of the week at the same time if they're doing oh, things like that. Yeah, in okay. fact, uh, I don't want to give drunk of the week if it was douche activity. No, three fourths of it was was solid, upstanding. I mean, did you? you so only boo boo gets douche of the week. Yeah. Okay. You saw all the questions that came through. I mean, they Good were. Questions. I couldn't write them down fast enough at the beginning of the show. Good. Okay. Because so, you can't write so fast. All right. Because I, I can't write at all. I drew pictures for them. Okay. So we'll go drunk of the week chat room. Boo boo gets douche of the week. Yeah. Fair Dush- enough. Touche. Okay. The and then breaking news uh, <laughs> that JP was all over earlier in the program. Yeah. I just didn't want to interrupt and talk about those kinds of things. But now that we're at the end, breaking news: uh, the deal has been inked. InBev now owns Anheuser Busch. Oh my God! Happened uh, today. Happened today. Been Great. going on for a while. Augie's and, out. Uh, Augie's out. Well, who knows how that goes down, but basically, yeah, I think Augie just got bought out for, uh, if it is like the deal that I was reading about yesterday, 70 bucks a share, which is 5 bucks more a share than they offered to begin with, and uh, there goes an American institution. Like it or not, uh, whether you're an AB fan or not, uh, you know, there goes an American institution. Well, there's a lot more of them coming up. Yeah, the Bud Bowl will not be the same. <laughs> no, it'll no, be God, very no. different. I mean, it'll be there, Bud there, Soccer. Yeah, there will be there will be <laughs> three <laughs> there will yeah. there will be three booze companies before the turn of the next uh, you know millennium. Well, already Miller Coors merged, right? So we were down to right. two. Yeah, and now uh, AB just got bought up. Technically, we're down to one because Miller Coors is still an American company. Right. Uh, we're down to one uh, beer company. <laughs> well, actually, funny story. But globally, it'll be even wait, wait, true. Yeah. That affects me. How? That's uh, interesting. Uh, the and price it doesn't of affect your you. beer. It doesn't yeah. affect you directly, you know. But sort of, no, uh, you it affects, know, it affects my beer like it affects your beer. Just thinking Other of, people's of beer. tradition okay, and how America has run and how long that company's been around. You know, it's just something worth talking well, about and worth. Right, well, I'll tell you a funny story. This, not very many people know this, but uh, last year, yeah. Rabbit's Foot Meadery actually was offered to be purchased by another cider company. Is that oh. right? No. And was the price not large enough, or just you, you know, you're large. like, no, this is my thing? I just told them, go to hell. What if they doubled that price? Would you go to hell? Absolutely tripled. Go to hell. Yeah, you just want to do your thing. Yeah. No, I can make a lot more money. Good man. Well, oh, okay. I think two. <laughs> I think two cider companies. You, you wouldn't have been on the show if you would have sold that on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. There are only two. Well, okay. there's three, but there's, the third one really doesn't count. But I see. <laughs> I think that's too many like that. entries in cider for one company. <laughs> you know, yeah. too many entries in cider. Well, we have a very unique product. Three. That's two. what they wanted. Is three too many. Three's too many. There's three holes. Sometimes one's too many. Mm. Oh, interesting. I have a nose. I'm being uh, told that uh, Schumann suck it. Say it. From the from the fo- it's from the chat room. Is that from right me? from the chat? What did they say? They said suck it, Schumann. <laughs> <laughs> Are they watching the video? Do they I'm even know he's there? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't make these things up. I just read hey, what it's handed to you me. You know what? The good thing about the, the InBev deal is that maybe Anheuser-Busch Brewers will actually come on the show now. That could happen because they're no longer AB employees. No, they're, right? yep. Oh, we can get Augie now. Yeah, maybe Augie will come yeah. to Augster. I doubt it. Well, the owner of my building's daughter we'll is a VP. Is that right? That's really? correct. Well, she's also filthy rich right now. Was a VP. Yeah. Oh, she probably still is. We'll see. Hopefully my building's still good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
That's uh, our next interview. I think it's interesting. <laughs> from, from my next building. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to go. Uh, the 1550 that Shat and I are now brewing on, we're, we're going to save for next week uh, because I don't want to rush through it. We had such a great time brewing on this new system. And what we've got planned for you is a show. It may be next Sunday, but we're not sure yet. We've got planned a show for uh, how to transition from uh, when you change your brewing equipment. And we talked a little bit about that with Mike today. He had to start building a brewery here in his meadery so he could do different things. Well, Shat and I have been brewing on the same system for a couple years now, and now we have this brand new thing, and uh, we brewed two days last week, and, and both days were completely different brew days. We kind of messed things up, and you got to get used to using new things, so we're going to plan a show. I'm hoping it's next Sunday, but we're not sure yet, um, about how to upgrade equipment and, and then adjust like techniques and tricks to adjusting to your new kettles and your new volumes and, and all of that, um, because we had a little trouble hitting our gravity Over the next year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right? It, it does take a while. No, no. It takes... It, yeah. It, it, I've done it. It's uh, it's kind of freaky when you go from yeah. one volume to another. But oh. what I think is cool is that here, you know, you, you you both right now, just by your responses, have done it before, and oh, you've yeah. probably picked up a couple of tips and tricks that maybe could make the transition easier for us. I remember when my my bruises got delivered, I, I just sat there and looked at it. <laughs> so did we. We slept with it outside. We got our sleeping bags out, yeah. hung when out you, by the fifteen fifty. When he was in the boil kettle, the other was in the mash tun. Oh no, yeah. we were both in the same sleeping bag. Nice. Oh, but nice. we were right next to the fifteen. Cuddled around. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was. <laughs> afraid to use it the first time. I'm like, oh my yeah. god. Yeah, when, when, ah. when, when, my, when my 15 barrel tanks arrived, I kind of stood there for a while looking at them like, holy wow. crap, how am I going to fill those yeah. things with yeah. need? Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun, isn't it? Like, uh, it's a new challenge, and, and for us, I mean, this new system we got is just, it's the cream of the crop. It's yeah. like, it's, a, it's your own microbrewery. It's digital. But you know, small scale for you to do at home. So Shat and I were all smiles and having a great time. Chris Graham came and taught us how to use it. We're going to talk about that and how to upgrade to different equipment and, and that whole transition process. We're going to do that uh, coming up soon and possibly Sunday. So let's just save that discussion. Is that cool by you, Shat, that we do that? Absolutely. We'll get some pictures up on the uh, website. Too. Yeah, we took a bunch of pictures our first two days, right? So is that what he always says? We do that well, but now he Absolutely has access. Absolutely, we get some pictures up. He has access to our Facebook page, the Brewing Network, over on Facebook, and that's easy to add pictures. Were you doing that all show long? Were you supposed to try to do that? I was trying, but I can't really check. Couldn't happen. Yeah. So I see. We'll have them up there tonight. So you don't know if they're there or not. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Need a laptop. All right, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, that's what we got coming up, and uh, I think that's it for us from here, uh, Rabbit's Foot Meadery. I mean, it for the show. We're going to, you know, hopefully have a little Yeah, but I want to go on for like a couple more hours. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate you having us out here, though. Uh, What a good idea on your part. Come on out to the meadery. Let's do it from there. So thank you. Not a problem. Anytime. Uh, It was really a lot of fun. Come on out here. here. Uh, Rabbit'sFootMeadery.com. As Mike said earlier, uh, any day during the week, Monday through Friday, you can come out and taste. Yeah. And you can order things online. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. I'm, I'm plugged in for you, Mike. But oh, don't. Let's don't, not don't. do my normal outro song. Mike has some mead-friendly rock for us, right? It's like, right. what do you call it? Viking rock? It's like it's Viking metal. Is that what it is? Dude, two weeks in a row with, like, shred metal. I, I don't know. know if the BN can take it. This is not quite it. as bad as shred. Oh, okay. okay. All right, so we're going to close with Viking metal. I want to hear some of it yeah. first before we do the Pay whole attention, outro. Nate. Is it ready? Because I can it's, turn it's, you up. It's playing. Pay attention, Nate. Right. Yeah. Let me get some. <laughs> turn up the volume on your iPod. Crank it. There you go. It's all Faroese. Is that the language? Yeah, Faroese? From the Faroe Islands. Is that still around today? Oh, yeah, totally. Really? Right next to Iceland. Water. I like that. I knew you would, Doc. Uh, I like that. 
It's like out of a movie. It feels oh, very yeah. movie-ish, right? Is this? Oh, it's a we movie. We got video right now. too. A little video. Oh, look at look at the carnage. Oh, there's carnage. Oh, there yeah. is carnage. Oh, and man. there's chainmail. And there's dead people. Oh, <laughs> there's people getting chopped up and swords. Yeah. All right, Homemade everybody. Swords. We will leave you with some Viking metal. Uh, we're going to go have some more braggot here at Rabbitsfoot. Yeah. Rabbitsfootmeadery.com. It's available on our homepage, too. You can just click right there. Check them out. Buy some mead. Buy some braggot. Uh, the one we were talking about coming up soon. And Mike's going to post a recipe for us. So I appreciate that. Did you have a good time, Doc? Oh, no, not me. <laughs> uh, it's an awesome place. It is a cool place. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, Mike. Not a problem. All right. Rock out for a couple minutes, and uh, we'll see you next week. 